Okay, same thing as usual. I do the three, two, one, and then we clap. Okay, you ready to go? Alright. Three, two, one. Alright, there's the audio. Um, hello, and welcome to the Danganronpa After Class Podcast. Uh, I'm your teacher for this evening. I teach uh, humanities, society and culture, uh, modern history, and uh, HSIE. And uh, today we'll be covering uh, chapter 3 of the textbook. Uh, the first note I have is the Admiral looks about ready to go down with the ship. Now, if you take that into account... <laughs> you'll understand the true nature of man is not but suffering and that we are here today to suffer together Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome. Good evening. It is our next sit-down discussion discussing chapter three of Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc. Mm. It's nine o'clock on a Tuesday for us at time of recording, and I have absolutely nothing prepared. (laughs) I've been very unwell the last few days, Mm. Uh, but that's okay. We... We soldier on. Our poor boy is sick. And if you want to... We soldier on. <laughs> yeah, we, our poor boy is sick. And if you want to um, if you want to contribute to his health fund, please send money to... Uh, uh, oh, the joke only works <laughs> if I say my last name. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Put your that. card details in the... Yeah, uh, put my, or say my bank details. <laughs> yeah. Just go. <laughs> we soldier on as our students soldier on throughout this story and we will be discussing quite an eventful chapter today uh and what a chapter we learn quite a lot about not just the environment that they're living in but also some of the motives and some of the inner workings of the mind of some of the characters that we are left with uh i am joined as always by my compatriots who i have conscripted into playing this game for the first time and I'm forcing them to go through this story. Mr. Patrick and Mr. Jared. Gentlemen, how are we going? Not too Um, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you know me best as uh, Mr. Patrick. I am your resident uh, teacher for the day, as I introduced myself earlier. Tyler, you're not allowed to cut any of that now. Fuck you, it was good material. I've left it in. That's the cold open now. Fuck you. (laughs) I will cut what I see fit. Thank you you very much. I don't put up. I don't give you this fucking gold for you to throw it away like (laughs) some panhandler in the in the uh, Victorian gold rush. I don't think spending five minutes talking about. human society and its environment <laughs> Australian education syllabus is relevant to this, this is, podcast this is a how podcast is about a school how is it not relevant yeah Jared's right how is it Tell not me. relevant yeah <laughs> <Give me laughs> 10 good reasons why you, we can't keep, keep that in 
You keep and this up, mister, desk. and I'm I'm gonna give you a demerit. <laughs> I'll you take your diary and all. I can I, I could probably give you ten good reasons. Let's uh, it's see. It's already There's nine o'clock. Kyoko, Hina, <laughs> Sakura, uh, Biakia. Give enough time, uh, and we'll put all of them in a grave. Toko. Yasuhiro, Kiyotaka, Celeste, and Afumi. There's 10 reasons why it's irrelevant to this podcast. No. Because none of those 10 students are actually in the Australian education syllabus. So I, I disagree schooled. because get at, least schooled. Two, at least two of them are dead. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I said no. at least two. At least two. Oh. No, 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 no. You Which don't by the end shit. of every chapter, at least two of them are dead. Yeah, and which two? That's You'll find out now. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> hopefully you already know. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, we just we just ended the episode. This, this is it. This it's over. Goodbye. Good night. This is it. This was it. Good night, everybody. That was the We're that was the pod. episode. I'm gonna go throw up. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! My poor boy. We're not gonna do that. He's We're so actually cool. gonna soldier on. <laughs> He's so we throw well. up in the pod. Yeah, in the pod. Go and record your vomit. Yeah. You bring the Discord cam in, get the I'll, mic I'll right in I'll drag the microphone with me. I don't know if it'd reach, but I'll place it just outside the bathroom so you can hear the retching. No, no, you uh, need to put it, like, rim it off the toilet so that you can get the sound of the splashback, you know? you got to get oh, the good acoustics. Oh. So vomit anyway, acoustics. moving on from vomit talk and the absolute <laughs> shit show that is this intro, we're going to be reviewing chapter three, as we mentioned earlier. Jared, we'll start with you as the person who literally played through this chapter yesterday for oh, the yeah. most part. What are your thoughts overall before we dive into a deep dive of this chapter? Ugh. What were your thoughts about it overall? How did it mm. sca- scale compared to the rest of the uh, the episodes that we've recorded, I guess, when it comes to the content? So, like, all the chapters mm. and the prologue. What are your overall thoughts on this it's chapter? feeling so much bigger now, like... There's so much stuff going on. Even, like, as the student base is shrinking, there's more stuff going on between everyone. And it's just... It's wild. There's all these subplots now. And the actual, like, the mystery of it, we're sort of left to figure it out for ourselves. The other characters aren't, like, pushing us along. Which is... It's nice. It's good to see. You love to see it. Mm. We love to see it. Hmm. Fantastic, and Mr. Patrick yourself? Yeah, it's a similar thing for me. Um, I, I I had a moment where I kind of forgot that people were getting killed. <laughs> you know, there's so much going on that you're just like, oh shit, right, I've got to solve murders. Uh, mm. Whoops, forgot Throw about that. Straight back in. <laughs> yeah, there's just like way. There's so much shit going on in this story, man. Mm. So many different layers. That's what makes it so good, though, mm. is that there are that many layers. I just remember when I first played through this chapter, I, when it ended, I was like, how the fuck did any of that make sense whatsoever? I was so confused. Like, as we'll get to when we get to the trial later, it's just, everything's a shit show, and it makes no sense. It's great. And it's, uh, oh. Anyway, so let's dive story. right in, and... Uh, this, the beginning of the chapter is very um, eye-opening, oh. I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's probably <laughs> the, first epi- the first instance of fan service that we've seen so far, I guess. And it's, oh. it's Hina sitting on her bed or lying on her bed, clutching a pillow, crying. Um, 
obviously not wearing her full uniform. She's not, like, naked or anything, but, um, you know. Children. It leaves... <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's very awkward when it comes to the context of the situation we're living in. It's not great, folks. Uh, it's not great. I forgot that that <laughs> was this chapter. Not. It's like, they're drawn. So they're not real children. They're drawn. But it's not great, folks. It's made very it's, clear um, that they are children. It's, it's painfully clear that these are not just like, you know, 18-year-old high school students, but they are high school they are lads. starting high, high school. school. Yeah, yeah, like starter high school. Mm. Which, as we've clarified in the past, is, uh, is uh, 16 years old uh, in, in Japanese culture, so... Child. Yeah. Just come out <laughs> with the... It's a child. I, I want that disclaimer... <laughs> <laughs> record my own <laughs> version of me just going it's a child and then just putting that over every one of the fucking scenes in the game <laughs> save if that sound ever have, if we'll we ever that. have merchandise of our podcast <laughs> we will just have an an we will have a animated like drawing of patrick's head pointing like on a on the front of a shirt and underneath it'll just say child full stop it's child. that'll be our that'll be that'll be our one of our first merchandise shirts if we ever had merchandise <laughs> i'm gonna make that shirt right. just for me <laughs> 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 fucking level it up uh, and have a have a shirt with my own face on it now instead of uh, a jumper with jared's yeah uh, i'd wrap hey, that look, shirt we and I have two man, uh, we, we still haven't it. got we still haven't got the other shirts made that we've been discussing with Jared's uh, face from from that I showed you guys. How uh, many? That'll be interesting, I guess. How but, many shirts oh, yeah. with our faces on them? Off topic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, chat for Hina's upset. <laughs> yeah, for another podcast. Uh, Hina's upset, and she's uh, she's very you know put down by the events of the last uh, you know week or two or however long they've been in at this point. Um, and she basically decides, I want donuts, which I don't know how you're going to get donuts. The dining hall's locked. It's related. Uh, according to the rules, but she's, she's saying, look, I'm going to go get donuts. And on the, her way to getting the donuts, she hears some, I will say strange mechanical noises, uh, coming from the bathhouse. And when she looks in the bathhouse she sees a glowing something in the uh in the lockers uh and screams and then the chapter starts which is chapter three a next generation legend stand tall galactic hero um <laughs> I that what I guess you can, I guess chapter. based on the title i guess you can think about who is going to be a prominent in this chapter um <laughs> one of jared's best boys but anyway um what were your instances or thoughts about this beginning uh, when you saw this play out, Mr. Patrick, when it comes to, you know, both her actions as well as, you know, I guess the semi-reveal that we get uh, at the beginning of the chapter before it even starts? Oh, I just didn't want Talk her to get got. semi-reveal. Yeah, we called that one a semi. That's... <laughs> I, I just didn't want her to get got, man. That was all. Like, I, I had this immediate impulse to be like, ah, oh, fuck, alright, there we go. All the time I'd put in. Poor sweet girl, she's dead now. What do we do now about we that? ghosts. Yeah, I was wrong. She wasn't dead, which was good, but still. It was, um, it was a momentary, uh, fright, and then, uh, she was fine. Yeah. 
What about you, Jared? Oh, I I feel for her. Like <laughs> I want those donuts too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the yeah, warehouse man, open nuts. at this point? The like the warehouse has been established there. to not be locked. So if there's donuts yeah. in the warehouse, I guess that would work. Yeah. Um, but in the but the dining hall itself is locked, and mm. obviously when you think of food, you think you can't get to the dining hall. But I guess if there's if there's donuts in the warehouse, I guess she can get donuts. Yeah. There you um, go. As but long yes. as she doesn't eat too many and pass out in the warehouse and doesn't get caught for sleeping in class, I think she'll be fine. So, that was something. Um, oh, yeah. At people the end. are passing yes. out. Like, people are fucking passing out and not dying, and <laughs> we need to talk about that later on. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We will. We will. We will talk about this. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day, they all meet up in the dining hall. Not everyone is there. Uh, it is. Uh, obviously Makoto arrives, um, and it's, uh, Hifumi, Sai, uh, Sakura, not Sayaka, um, Hiro, Taka, who's in a state of just silence. <laughs> like, she, he, the Admirable is, is not talking at all. The Admiral, um, the Admiral looks about ready to go down with the ship. Is that's, the quote, That's yes. the quote. Um, Kyoko and Celeste, uh, and they sort of just talk about everything. Um, you know, he, uh, Hiro points out that Toko and Byaki are still refused to join the group. And Hifumi points out that Hina hasn't showed up to which Sakura says she said that her stomach was, was hurting. So she's taking it easy in her room. So Mm. it alleviates the fears that, uh, that Patrick had in terms of her, her death, I guess. I was still Um, a bit, I was still a bit anxious at that point because I was like, until I see her, until I see her, I don't know that she's alive. (laughs) <laughs> you, you can't fuck that with me time. like this yeah, exactly so the conversation continues where it, it has us you know everyone's getting all depressed just thinking about what they're going to be doing next uh, whereas this is where Celeste sort of uh, st- stands up and says you know we simply just have to make the best of things do our best to get along and live here together in peace uh, we just need to accept this new life there's no reason to this is the only hope we have now. There's no reason to pine for the outside world. We have food, clothes, and our every need is seen to... Why would, what reason do you have to be dissatisfied? Um, you know, what is, it, what is there outside, the, outside of these walls? There's competition, discrimination, victimization, and violence. As society grows, so does its perversion. Uh, which yes, is an interesting yes. view, I guess. It's more just like... We have everything that we need to survive here, so why would you want to leave? We don't even know what's out there, I guess, in this current circumstances. Which, if you think about the the position they're in, they're in a school where all the windows are bolted, and there's a giant metal door with Gatling guns, so, you know, who knows what's going on out there. Mm. Um... But then Hifumi goes on <laughs> and says, you know, there's no 2D in here, so I can't be satisfied. Uh, uh, which uh, I'm sure... The boy needs Jared his 2D. <laughs> beam with delight. You gotta love him. He needs his uh, 2D, Hero o- Pretty much, yeah. Um, Hero offers to step up since Taka's, you know, pretty much mm. catatonic and not really speaking at all. Um, and... Everyone sort of points out, you know, there's probably new places to explore. 
At which point, uh, Genocide Jill shows up, and everyone finds out that they're going to, uh, they're going to have breakfast with, uh, with a murderer, which is an interesting <laughs> circumstance to be in, I guess. I love that she sticks cool. around. <laughs> yeah, same. Just, she makes Toko infinitely more bearable. Oh, yeah. It's like... <laughs> fucking saving grace for that character was just splitting her personality with a mass murderer. Mm. Like, Jill's a piece of shit, but by God, is she just more enjoyable as a, <laughs> as a fucking person. When you enjoy Every a time to- murderer... <laughs> It's the scene from The Simpsons with the fucking, um, the, like, every time, uh, Poochie's not on screen, we want people to be asking, where's Poochie? But instead, (laughs) fucking genocide Jill. Oh, Jesus. I saw that episode the other day. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. So good. Love The Simpsons. It's a fucking classic. So, we investigate the third floor of Hope's Peak Academy. So, there's two more classrooms. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I do want to point out one of Jill's quotes, which I've written down oh, here, yeah. which is fucking amazing. And Oh, wait, no, actually, this comes later. Yeah, cut this. Fuck, no. fuck that. Cut this. Cut it. Go back to what you cut were it. saying. Cut Or we could just, you know, leave it in, and you could say, we'll bring it up later. Nah, fuck it. But It's done now. <laughs> no, it's over now. We need to make this episode shorter, Tyler. I'm doing your job for you. I'm helping no. you. <laughs> I do my own job, goddammit. Don't make mistakes, more work and then we do. won't need to cut anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a perfect man. I'm a flawed. I'm a flawed person. Ocean yeah. man, take me, me by, by the hand. God, anyway, that's a pull. <laughs> anyway, so the third floor of Hope's Peak. There's two new classrooms. Uh, on one of the. Uh, <laughs> on the chalkboards, we've got Despair Squadron Monokuma, where there's three different coloured Monokumas sort of shooting out on the yeah. chalkboard, and the other one says, getting tired of this, and there's a sleeping Monokuma. Uh, there's <laughs> there's nothing super interesting in these rooms. Um, there's a rec room, uh, which has a pool table, a darts board, magazines, um, a bunch, you know, uh, shogi, uh, Othello, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of sort of like, I guess, party games sort of thing, you know, stuff that you do, uh, I guess if you were in like a, I guess if you had to live at a school, you know, you need some sort of recreation time and it gives them some activities to play with their mates and everything, that sort of stuff. Um, Celeste points out that there's magazines, uh, but Monokuma also says, you know, we've got magazines on everything no dirty magazines and they will not be refreshed so this mm. is it um, you, you don't get uh, you don't get n- any new issues and when Celeste asks why um, he sort of just says you know magazines are kinda and he sort of trails off yeah and he says well never mind about that so I wrote uh, it's a little like bit a of note a... about that it was so <laughs> interesting I'm like so magazines aren't being printed right now or something like that. Something along those lines. But the twist yeah. of this game is that it's actually set during a fucking global pandemic and nothing's working <laughs> properly. <laughs> hey! <laughs> That'd be really full funny. Circle. Like, it just comes <laughs> out. It's, oh, no, this is actually all real. Uh, it's just about ten years off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, oh. I like the idea that uh, no dirty magazines. You had to bring your porn with you. 
Mm. Did you remember to yeah. pack it on your first day of school? <laughs> did you <laughs> little little did Makoto? You did you remember phone? to bring bring Zoo magazine with you? <laughs> uh, Zoo magazine. Any Australian <laughs> listeners will know Zoo magazine doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's it. A, was that's basically a, I, knockoff Playboy, basically. Still going never, in the UK, uh, right? Uh, not oh. sure about that. I mean, actually. I'm not exactly up to date on my uh poor quality softcore porn mag law, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure 17% that it's still in the UK, exists. let us know. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're one of our fucking 16% UK listener base, write into a fuckoff at gmail.com and tell us about whether, whether or not the kids and are... And instead of listening to Patrick's bullshit joke, you can actually... You can actually tweet us at the Class Pod if you can confirm whether Zoo Magazine is still running in the United Kingdom. It so genuinely should set up an email for the podcast, just because I can't mm-hmm. wait for people to write in to tell me to go fuck myself. Or well, you could just <laughs> recommend for the listeners to join the 21 followers on Twitter that listen uh, to the podcast. So maybe you should just you yeah. know, promote the actual stuff we have set yeah, up. Yeah, but then if you, if you do that, then you've got to follow them back to DM, and we're above that. <laughs> No, you can just DM, find Patrick's Twitter <laughs> and then tweet him to fuck off over yeah. and <laughs> from the official Goats podcast account. Razorboy2 on Twitter. Tell him to fuck off. <laughs> Please do. God, give that, give that account more B-O-I. traction. B-O-I. Razorboy2. B-O-I <laughs> Myself and Jared are going to tweet fuck off after this. Yeah, no, oh, Tyler's yeah. definitely going to do it. I can tell that he's getting more and more annoyed. <laughs> I'm gonna do it right now. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it, you fucking coward. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on, we've got an art room which has all the tools that you could need for the creating art. Um, it's got uh, easels with uh, uh, canvases on them for drawing, painting. There's sculpting tools, um, everything that you know you, you can use to, cre- to be artistically creative. Uh, Hafumi is in here. Um, sort of, you know, talking about 2D again and talking about all of his favorite things that he could make, um, that he normally makes in 2D, but he can also make 3D little figurines, I guess, of. So that's something that he could do. Um, and yeah, there's also a repository in the back, which has more sculpting tools, including, uh, big, large mallets that you can use for sculpting, uh, with, with, uh, chisels. Uh, painting tools, more canvases, and a dolly, uh, which you can use, obviously, to move heavy sculptures. And on the floor in the repository, there is a photo. And in the photo, there is three people with uh, who are all smiling, and it is three of our long-lost classmates, Leon, Mondo, and Chihiro. Uh, three of our previous best boys and in the background you can see they're in a classroom that is not covered by metal plates i mm-hmm. forgot this oh, oh did you God. forget about I this i forgot that this happened oh yeah this no this is fucked hey like yeah yeah huge oh. so big you drop the h yeah <laughs> <laughs> what, what were your what were your thoughts on this development gentlemen oh fuck me man what does it um, all mean yeah, what does it mean? I'm just sitting here doing Danganronpa-based algorithms. Um, no, that was massive. That was actually massive, and it sort of lends itself to um, 
kind of what you were saying last time, Jared. I think about um, like the idea that this is all like years in the future of some kind of arbitrary point in time. Like it's yeah. it's not qu- there's something like there's something to do with like non-linear time that's like occurring across this spectrum. I think mm. that like isn't per se clear. So it might be that everybody is actually like older than they say that they are. Oh, or yeah. that they think that they are, and as then well. we've fixed everything you... about them being children. Yeah, and then it's all yeah. good because it's not <laughs> really children. They just they're actually a hundred and sixteen. This is some fire emblem. <laughs> Patrick cannot. Patrick doesn't have to feel bad about looking at you know girls. <laughs> Go who on, stummer over it more. Being underage, but are not underage, wearing barely any clothes. So mm. I guess just... that makes Patrick feel better. Oh yeah. Yes, Tyler, like most human beings, not looking at naked children does make me feel better. I'm worried about your perspective on that if it, you're not the same. Sorry, you, you want to admit something? I'm just going to dial, uh, uh, what is I'm it, Hel- child's I, children's helpline. I, I don't, I'm not Speaking saying that I disagree with your stance, I'm saying you are the most vocal. Anyway. Because it's fucking weird, as if it isn't fucking weird to just be constantly berated with like oh don't you want to look at this 16 year old's tits fucking no thanks monokuma i'm yeah i'm 24 i don't want to fucking look at i don't have any interest in this Uh, fucking weird dude another thing that's pointed out about the photo is that it's uh is that the three of them are smiling so they're all happy you know as if they already know each other. Um, I when I first played, I had a theory that they weren't actually dead. Mm. That by being taken out of the killing game, they had moved on to the, I guess the next stage the real of their school. actual education, <laughs> and they actually like were together like in the actual Hope's Peak, and that their death was false. That's what I had mm. as my original theory. Before Makoto can take this photo to show everyone. Uh, Monokuma arrives, immediately snatches the photo, and leaves. Immediately. He would do that, a little bitch. Mm. Based on, <laughs> based on that, based on the little fucking yeah, the little fucking bitch move there, mm. um, and just a, a few of the other things that happen across the chapter when there's like extra information that comes up and it just gets like disappeared instantly. Mm. And oh, what yeah. happened in chapter two as well with the library, um, it seems like. That's that's what makes me think that there's just like this is this is going on in like almost like an either future event point to what actually happened at the school or in some kind of non-Euclidean space, like because none of it really, like if every bit of evidence of there being like some kind of sanctuary outside of this or some like previous point is just being vanished, it means that it would he- probably help them figure out how to get out. Or something mm-hmm. like that. And it also doesn't make any sense, at least in my mind, if there's like some kind of release at the end of all of this for everybody who's died. Um, for them, for the, those pictures to then turn back up in the school, unless it's like intentional to try and bait people. So that's an interesting angle. Hmm. Yeah. It is definitely interesting. Mr. So Jared? Wild. I'm just, like, coming to terms with this again. I think I had a similar theory to you. <laughs> Thinking, like, maybe they've left it, but they're still alive, but 
also, like, we've seen the dead bodies. It's kind of hard to, like, to manage your way around that logically. So okay, maybe okay, it hang on beforehand. Oh. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, no. Mm. That, that, that's likely. Here's another thing. Yeah. New theory. Maybe yeah. they're on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Hear me out on this. Okay. In the intro, in the intro, yeah. The uh, the kid is chucked into an Iron Maiden, mm. and the Iron Maiden is shot off. It's like a weird Iron Maiden rocket, and it's shot yeah. off into space. Mm. Maybe <laughs> the school's on the moon, and this is all happening on the moon, because <laughs> on the Earth. Mm. They were just normal school kids, and then they got, like, gassed, and mm. then put on the moon. And that's why all of those shutters are on the windows, because if you put them open, the zero let gravity the would get in. in. Yeah, all you'd the let the space in. The oxygen, you mean. You'd let, no, you'd let the... Tyler, <laughs> let please. The that's space how space in. works. You, you, Tyler, come on. There are Something windows you need to on space shuttles. Space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Come the fuck on. There are windows on space shuttles space. because you can let the space in. Right? That's what you got to do. You got to keep it out. Yeah. You can let zero gravity. If if we just opened all of the windows on Earth right now, we'd let all of the zero gravity in, and we'd all be floating. Do you want that? Yeah. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? <laughs> you know what? It, it does mean, sound pretty cool. It actually. would mean that all of those fucked up dreams that I've had, where I jump and just keep soaring, would come to life. You Hell want? Yeah. I don't want those. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds sick. Hey, yo, uh, you know these recurring, like, anxiety-based nightmares that I get about, like, space? Yeah, I want those. Real. Make them real. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I, your theory kind of feeds into the next uh, thing that comes up, which is the physics lab, mm-hmm. where there's an air purifier in there. Actually, that's another thing that I was thinking. It's like, that it's thing's probably... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly if it's <laughs> in space. But it's like, they're doing a lot to lock themselves in here. I was thinking maybe it's underground. Because it's That's like, also you have the elevator that goes down and it's fucking well in the earth. The whole school could be underground with those plates holding all the earth yeah. out instead of the space. Mon- yeah. Monokuma jokingly tells everyone that it's a time machine. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was designed... By the ultimate physicist, um, although they don't go here anymore. They died during the tragedy, he points out. Um, he says this in front of Taka, who says that he wants to go in there so he can go back to the past to stop Mondo. Uh, but then Monokuma jokingly says, this particular time machine can only go back one minute. It's hand- It comes in handy when you like leave your pizza bagels in the microwave for one minute too long. Uh and then he says, oh, no, it's not a time machine. It's just an air purifier. Yeah. And Makoto notes that's to go out of your way to, to hurt someone who's already suffering. That's that's brutal. It's particularly funny, though. In, yeah, in concept, to have a time machine that can only go back in time one minute. Mm. <laughs> it's just such a fucking useless device. It's like, um, <laughs> have you guys ever watched The Penguins in Madagascar before? Yeah, There's yeah. There's a scene where... Um, Kowalski has developed amnesia dust and it's in a ketchup bottle and private the the dumb penguin picks it up and goes what's this amnesia spray fantastic then sprays himself in the face and then looks at it and immediately goes what's this amnesia spray fantastic and then sprays himself again and goes what's this 
amnesia spray. Fantastic. And then does it once more. And then at the last second, he goes, fantastic. And turns it away from him. So he doesn't get sprayed. And it's hilarious. He just keeps repeating the same thing. Cause it, it takes away like his memory of like the last few seconds. Cause he's just put a, a, a small. Spray yeah. On yeah. His face. It's just a yeah. little squirt. Uh, what a just a little squirt of amnesia. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, I fucking love the idea of. And then Makoto also discovers in the physics lab a um, a pink camera with a anime design mm. on it uh, that's kind of beat up. Uh, yeah. um, there's also a room attached to the physics room, which is an equipment room. It's disorganized. There's a chemical smell in the air, in the air. Genocide Jill's in there, uh, and she the quote that she says is the smell of formaldehyde is almost unbearable. It's so tempting. I just want to dunk myself right in it, which is very morb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> normal guess. woman, normal regular woman, and we love to see it. Yeah, we do love to see it. <laughs> Everyone regroups, uh, and this is where we get confirmation that Hina's not dead because she's in the uh, in the. Uh, kitchen or the dining hall when uh, when everyone comes back yeah. everyone discusses what they uh... it's funny she says that my stomach was my stomach was hurting but it's okay I ate a few donuts mm. to which Celeste points out you said your stomach was hurting she's like yeah my stomach ate kind of made me hungry and it's like you can tell there's something going on it's, 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 mm. it's definitely weird she um, got those donuts in the end <laughs> She got yeah. them in the end. Oh, she and then found this the is, forbidden donuts. This is donuts. the first time... This is the first instance in which Genocide Jill... You know, she's like, I need to cut you off besides all that. Jeez, your knockers are huge! <laughs> and this is the first time that Genocide oh. Jill... And it becomes a recurring th- theme throughout the chapter. Consistently refers to Hina and her bust, I will say. I, I fucking love the actual quote, which is, geez, your knockers are huge. What the heck did you... Co- what the heck did you convince them to double on milk production? Like <laughs> that, just that, as a fucking... Co- uh, did you convince them to double on milk production? <laughs> like they're a fucking labour force. Mm. <laughs> So it's, just uh, uh, clocking in as a nine to five tit every day, <laughs> I put <laughs> put in my put in my hours to make the milk. Uh. So we discuss everything that was found. The nurse's office is opened. Uh, there's protein. There's no protein in there. There's a bunch of uh, headache medicine, over the counter stuff, just basic medical supplies. I, be- I believe nothing what's mentioned fun. here. Stupid um, amount of blood in the goddamn. They fucking talk about they talk about everything that they've discussed that they've discovered on the on the the top floors. Um, Hero points out that he saw Biakia in the locker room with a huge stack of books. He must have got to the library, um, and that's when genocide Jill bolts to chase after Biakia and leaves the room. Um, it's funny. She's like, she's like, where was he? And Hero's like, you're kind of scaring me, and scaring me. And she pulls out her scissors and is like, where was he? And he's like, in the locker room. And she's like, that's where he's hiding. And then fucks off. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This is the other reason. I, this is the other reason I like Jill. She torments the character I hate the most. Mm. <laughs> just eternally suffer, suffer eternally, Biakia. Suffer eternally with this woman chasing after you. 
I love that one of her sprites is just her with the scissors out. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so and mid-conversation. The, like, the tongue ah. is, like, twisted as oh, well. Yeah. It's, like, in a little loop. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's quite an interesting, quite an interesting sprite. Mm. Um, at which point, Makoto shows that he showed up, this, that he found this, like, uh, camera, and, and everyone's like, you know, this camera is so galling. And Hafumi's like, rude, she's not strange, that's Princess Piggles from Demon Angel Star, pretty brunchy princess. And Hafumi's like, of course I recognise it. It's a super rare prize that was given away at a bingo contest at a big anime convention. You had no idea how much I paid to get on it. Wait, that's fucking my camera! And <laughs> he realises, like, after going on a little rant, he's like, that's my camera! Oh. And he's like, it's my most prized possession. Give it back. Oh, but it got scratched. Oh, I don't want it anymore. And he just gives <laughs> it. He just says, you can keep it. It's like, what? Oh. The fuck? <laughs> His only source like, of two ass brains. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not me. He's like, the quote is, it, it's not me in condition. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> um, and then Celeste says, I might be able to find some sort of use for it. Uh, can I hold on to it? If anyone would like to borrow it, feel free to ask. Um, you know, and then it got to this point and then Makoto tells everyone about the, the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone starts putting out some theories. One of the theories that, that, that hero says is I bet they're all still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, they left the school and then took the photo, but then, you know, Kyoko's the one that says we saw it with our all eyes that they're all dead, yeah. either mur- murdered or execution. Uh, so there's no way that they're alive. Um, Celeste goes on to say that Monokuma forged it um, but then you know Celeste goes back to Hina and says you're lying to us I can tell and you know the queen of liars of course she's going to know when someone's lying uh, she's you know it varies from person to person but when someone lies they, they they tend to have a way of showing it it's called a tell and obviously professional poker players are able to, to see what tells are whenever someone lies mm. um and Hina's is that her nose gets longer. <laughs> and Hina said that uh, <laughs> I saw a ghost last night, uh, and they and we get a a flashback to of the of everything, uh, <laughs> and eventually we go back to the bathhouse. Everyone decides like we're going to investigate the bathhouse and have a look. Um, and when they get into the bathhouse, they find that there is a laptop in there, which is the broken laptop from the library, the green one. Um, and when, and it, it, it appears that Chihiro has fixed it, uh, cause the power's on now, it's working. Can we also uh, just like, when they- note for a moment about like, when they, when fucking Hero thinks it's a ghost, that he pray <laughs> that he prays to sweet baby Jesus and Buddha to save him. Yeah! Cause I really liked that line and I want to sit on it. There's a lot of just really good fucking one lines up in this mm. goddamn chapter. Hero, one of them I have used, as a matter of fact, one time I thought I spotted a grey alien, but it turned out to be a tadpole. And I was like, hang on a minute, you fucking moron. He's an absolute uh, dickhead, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get some brewskis with this boy. Yeah. They also point out that there's no surveillance camera in the, uh, in the bathhouse. Mm. So this is the one blind spot that they've discovered so far that the mastermind has no way of of listening in on what they're saying and watching what they're doing. Um, pretty much is like, you know, what's going on. But Hina, Hina said that the order that what she saw was the figure of 
Chihiro shining pale green. And when the laptop is turned on, there's a program icon that says Alter Ego, uh, or another self, obviously. Um, and when they, and then we see Chihiro's face show up on the, uh, on the screen. And it turns out that, um, Chihiro has developed a AI on this rundown laptop that has no connection to the internet whatsoever. Uh, Mm. she's just completely developed an AI (laughs) to, to chuck that on there. Yeah. You know, yeah, just, uh, yeah. In my head, Canon. It's all the time... She used all the time that um, I spent not hanging out with her to go and make mm. that. Yeah, you same. Know, all, those, all those social interactions that she could have had instead, she's just making an AI. Mm. He? They? I don't even... Fucking... Yeah. The pronouns. Shit's difficult. Like, specifically <laughs> just for this character. You have no idea what they were fucking going for. Yeah. I guess Especially you can only really read the dead. text as written. <laughs> So, yeah. so Kyoko takes the range and starts typing in questions such as why are you here? Um, Master or Chihiro uh, wanted Alter Ego to analyze the massive number of files stored on the laptop. Um, the protection on them is strong, so it's taking a little longer than what I thought, but Master thought that if, we, if they're so tightly protected, we might be able to discover an important secret, such as this, the secret to the school. Um, he says that it's going to take a while, um, and Kyoko says, just keep it up, just be careful not to be noticed by the mastermind. Um, on top of that, uh, Alter Ego mentions that as an AI, they can actually see what's going on through the built-in webcam, so if anyone suspicious shows up, they will scream for help really loud. Mm. Um, at which point, uh, Kyoko offers to leave her door open during night time to be able to hear Alter Ego scream. Mm. Which is... Is risky. Oh, yeah. She uh, got but fucking... She said, she's got them fucking... She's brave. Balls. She's brave. She got them <laughs> lady balls. Pick, pick the option that's fun. not saying something fucking weird. She's brave. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um... She also mentioned that uh, she's not as weak as you think. I'll, I won't go down without a fight. At which point, you know, Makoto breaks out into poetry, it seems, with his <laughs> inner thought. You know, because the, the, what we have here is uh, there was an undeniable strength in her voice when she said that she was totally confident she would be okay. That confidence was somewhat similar to Byakuya's tone, but at the same time different. Yeah, it had an entirely different feel for sure. Like someone who'd been dropped onto a battlefield versus someone who'd been born on a battlefield. I feel like that was the fundamental difference. And it's like... It just comes out of nowhere. He's just going off into a monologue in his brain. (laughs) Just like Diatribe just goes off into being like... like, I I don't know. He's just like, what is a man? You know? And then goes down that path. Mm. And and it's the first time that we get sort of a hint of Kyoko, of uh, Makoto going off into a tangent and thinking about Kyoko, which seems to be a prevalent theme throughout this chapter, especially a little bit later on, uh, where it just seems to be, Makoto seems to be put, investing a lot of time and thought and care into into who Kyoko is and the mystery behind her. He yeah, just um, wants so that- to hug and kiss her. Mm. <laughs> hug and kiss the mystery girl. And you know what? You love to see it. You love to see teenage romance, see folks. Yeah. It's very nice. Um... So then Alter Ego asks what happens to uh, to Chihiro. Um, hasn't seen him in a while. Kyoko 
tells him that uh, Chihiro is dead and that Mondo killed him. Um, and, you know, everyone sort of has a really sad thing. Um, but there's also... You know, everyone talks about, you know, what if we take the laptop outside and see if we can find a way to get it online? We could call for help. Uh, but then everyone's sort of thinking about, you know, the mastermind will find out. Well, there's no lead to take needless risks, all of these sort of things. Mm. Um, and this is where things sort of uh, take a little bit of a turn for the worse. So, mm. gentlemen, before we start heading into the free time portion, mm. did either of you have the, the man's nut or the man's fantasy or the little bar? The man's... Uh, <laughs> the man's nut. I don't <laughs> think that's what it's called. <laughs> I, there we, is an item. Yeah, we spoke a about it last nut. time. Yes, I I didn't. Um, I so did. my I'm version gonna, of Makoto. I'm seeing if I can find out right now what it's called. <laughs> a man's nut. A man's fantasy. Uh, a man's fantasy. Um, a man's fantasy. Yeah, it's a little yeah. wash basin. Did yeah. either of you have the wash basin? Uh, we spoke I about it last time for me. Last. Chapter. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. And I was not given a choice uh, okay. in the matter. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, yeah, this is what we're doing. <laughs> so, the exchange here is quite interesting. Monokuma pops up and says, what's everyone doing? You're all in remarkably uh, good spirits. Did something happen? And he's like, I demand an exclusive interview. And Havumi's like, denied, denied, super denied! Yeah, And or, sort of goes off and I like... That. That is what uh, Monokuma said to the student, the mystery student spy, like, in at the end of the last chapter... And that was really? just like, ooh, ooh. Denied, denied, okay. super denied. When ooh, the student asked for, like... Yeah, it, the student, the, like, spy was saying, like, oh, can you tell me, like, oh, Monokuma had said... Who the 16th student is? Yes, yeah. Right? And he's like, like, any question but that. Denied, denied, super denied. I'm like, oh. It's like, ooh. Okay. Very little, good linking mm. together there, Jared. I yeah. didn't even pick up on that what yeah no me neither um yeah I, d- I didn't have the I didn't have the wash basin so um my Makoto respects women you know what I <laughs> and there's there's quite there was quite a uh, a funny exchange here where Hina's like just because you demand something doesn't mean we have to do it and then Monokuma's like do it you mean like do, do it, it do, do it. it and she sort of gets flustered she's like what do you mean do it do it and he's like gross you said do it <laughs> it's just like a little a little Strange. diatribe like flick off there but it's quite funny um but this is why hero sort of takes like a hero sort of takes like a leaning a leading presence here because celeste comes up immediately with a lie and says you know we're all just discussing about going to the bathhouse we haven't had a chance to relax in some time but it's not divided into men and women section so we did a rock paper scissors and uh hina won the match for us and that's why we're all happy and mm. and then uh hero's just like what are you gonna do we lost and it's like he just flows with it straight mm. away just mm. goes my man's chill you know yeah Celeste just comes up with it and he just plays along. He's vibing. Just super cool as a cucumber. Mm. And then Hifumi's like, nuts and damn it, we totally lost. Um, So all the girls go off, but then this is where uh, uh, Monokuma's like, this is your chance to take a peek. Um, And, you know, this is sort of a thing where it's like, if you've got the bathtub, you unlock this secret uh, (laughs) Easter egg, I guess. Mm. 
is what it's referred to. So if you don't have uh, the Amans Fantasy item, you won't get this. Mm. Um, but you get a uh, a little scene where Hiro, Hifumi, and Makoto charge into the locker room of the bathhouse, and then they decide to uh, open the door to the bathhouse while the girls are in there, and there's a split-second shot where all the girls are in there having a bath, and, you know, they're all in towels. Sakura's shredded as all hell. <laughs> yeah. Just road bump muscles. Queen. Absolute queen. Go Absolute off. Absolute queen. Kill, um, kill every man in the room. Kill <laughs> everyone in the room. Celeste, uh, corkscrew peak tails is not visible as she's sitting in the bath. They've all got towels on, obviously, so there's no, like, nudity. Genocide Jill is in the back in the air like like this <laughs> like just f- flipping her shit um in the back but the only one who actually notices is actually kyoko who is like in the center of the frame who turns around and looks at the door mm. and like is looking pretty much directly at you um sort of as you look at this scene and nothing is said of it and yeah <laughs> nothing is said of it nothing comes of it nothing uh, yeah no um, I, I, I don't know, the, the weird thing about this is that, like, the actual thing of, like, not having the item is that Makoto actually says something pretty cool which, where he's just like, no, nah, man, that's pretty, like, doing that's a pretty shitty thing and I'm not gonna, you know, break their trust like that and then immediately goes back on it in his own head and goes, but actually, I really wanted to just go... And it was just, like, such a weird fucking thing of, like... Oh. you Like, a, just a weird pick for, like, you to be... for who Maybe it's a translation thing, but it's, like, for whoever was writing that dialogue to be, like, yeah, and we're gonna get them to, like, make a kind of point here about, like, the idea of this being shitty, and then they actually want to follow through on it anyway. Mm. Very strange. <laughs> just a weird choice. Yeah, definitely a weird choice. Jared, you got to see this scene play out, so... Mm. So, uh, how long until the AFP raid? <laughs> <laughs> They're on their way. They're on their way. Just to begin. Open up! I think I hear sirens. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. Jared's gotta go. Uh, Jared had to uh, leave the Danganronpa after class podcast. We have to release a statement <laughs> on the podcast thing. Just we apologize, but yeah. co-host Jared will no longer be a part of this podcast. He has been released. Speaking out about Jared. We wish Jared. you the best in your future endeavors. Yeah, <laughs> speaking out about Jared, uh, the Dangan Ro- uh, T- Patrick and Tyler were not aware of Jared's procl- proclivities while working with him. Uh, we had no <laughs> knowledge of his uh, his uh, unlawful viewing of <laughs> his 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 abuse of school rules. <laughs> uh, yeah. Treating video games like they're real life. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Imagine. Oh. Um, one of the things that I actually discovered when I was actually looking onto this, which is quite interesting, um, is that um, Celeste's horn-drilled pigtails mm. are actually fake. Oh. Um, because when you actually have a look through the scene, that scene there, um, like I mentioned, you know, um, there's two inconsistencies, or, or there's there is an inconsistency when it comes to, um, 
you know, it's Kyoko, uh, not Kyoko, um, Toko's in there, but she wasn't with the group. Yeah. So why would she be in there? Which just sort of didn't make sense, you know, but I guess that's just Fan a that was overlooked. But, you know, um, it's, it's mentioned in art books, um, is that the horn drills that Celeste has for her hairstyle is actually, uh, they're actually clip on hair pieces. So like, obviously, you know, it defies physics to have horn drills like that. You keep but, calling uh, them horn drills. You just mean drill pigtails, like because horn drills is just the fucking Pokemon thing, isn't it? <laughs> but that's what that's Be that's drill. what I've seen it described as well. Is it's that horn drill pigtails? Yeah, so. really. But anyway, like the the, yeah, I've seen people describe it that way. Maybe they also had it that, that way because of Pokemon. But yeah. they regardless, look kind of like, like as well. Eh, fair enough. All right. Yeah, I'm regardless, on. like the the drill the drills the fake is what I'm trying to point yeah. out. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Interesting. But yeah. Anyway. Um, just as fake but as then we sort of just uh, we move on from this, you know, part that uh, that people don't really want to talk about because they don't want to get raided by the NFT. <laughs> um, we move on. So after they all finish their bath, Monokuma shows up and says that he's got presents for everyone. When they all arrive in the gym, uh, Biakia and and now Toko's there. Um, at which point Biakia points out that, uh, she, uh, she sneezed and turned back to depressed Toko, um, which, uh, sort of, you know, comes up as like a, okay, so she sneezes and that's how she changes personalities. I mean, that's, uh, you know, she changes by sneezing. That's a bit, a bit strange. Dragon Ball Um, reference. It's Launch. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a character called Launch from the original Dragon Ball. She basically gets cut out, um, of Z. But uh, her whole thing is that uh, she's very sweet and demure and sort of like a very homebody personality on one side of her that has blue hair. And then whenever she sneezes, she turns into a literal bank robber with blonde hair and just starts shooting everyone. Um, and that's that's where that comes from. And then later when, when you see the sneeze happen later on in the chapter, it's pretty funny because I thought that that was just a reference and they would, they were just, um, taking the piss, but then like they commit to it and she sneezes in the middle of a conversation and then yeah. turns back into her normal self. Oh. So, uh, Monokuma reveals the new motive, which is money. $10 million. Mm. You know what? For that amount, I'd kill one of you two. Parody. Yeah. Wow, Patrick. I was expecting you guys to laugh instantly, but because you didn't, I just got scared immediately. (laughs) I wonder if Jared had the. I wonder if Jared had the same thought of as me, which is which one would he kill? (laughs) No, I was thinking like, yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you get laughter. (laughs) That's the AFP raid. There we go. (laughs) Woo. Uh, not parody not parody not redacted (laughs) absolutely going to kill one of my friends keep it in run it (laughs) I'm gonna do it it's very funny because Monokuma says we can get 10 million dollars and Mako's like that's and then Byaki immediately says it's not nearly enough and it's like okay we get it rich boy yeah it's not I wrote in my notes (laughs) we get it you're rich yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, my note there was we eat Byakia. Yeah. We need to guillotine but, him and uh, then cook and eat his body. Yeah. We eat but, the But uh Toko sort of points out, you know, someone here might have 
you know, personal finance problems where they need money. And, you know, Celeste is like, I've earned over a million dollars from gambling, so my life's comfortable. And Hafumi's like, I make a lot, a lot of money off my doujin, so I don't really need, you know, this. So it's like... Just oh, admitting okay, to so. selling porn for a living is such yeah. a funny thing in the context. Uh, well, he doesn't actually is, say that. He, he says, I make enough... He says, I make enough off my works to purchase my comics and DVDs, which... When you think about what his works primarily consist of, you know, it's basically, I sell my doujin, so, you know, mm. it's just, it is what it is, I suppose. Mm. Um, then the nighttime announcement goes off and everyone decides to uh, go to the uh, to bed. But one of the weird things is that uh, before they separate, uh, Kyoko points out in front of everyone, I'm going to be leaving my door open starting tonight. And it's like, but Byakuya and Toko weren't with you guys when you were discussing Alter Ego. Mm. And you've just told them that you're leaving your door open. Yeah. She's what if one them. of them decided to act on the motive? Yeah. I mean, to- Toko's the one who's asking about people's finances. Maybe she's got the, f- the money problem. So mm. you're literally leaving yourself at risk. I believe in... Uh, yeah. I believe in technical parlance, Tyler. This technique is called fuck around and find out. Mm. Uh, it is where you officially <laughs> announce, come get me, fucker. And see what happens. And it is enough of an intimidation move to basically dissuade all conflict. Hmm. Now everyone knows. I'm going to... Now everyone knows. (laughs) She's so fucking cool. Like, she's just straight up, she's just so fucking cool. With With just constantly being like, yeah, no, I'm fine with all of this. Everything's cool. I'm in control. I am now going to read the Monokuma theatre that plays. Oh, yeah. Uh, after this. <laughs> oh, God. Which was hilarious. It was real funny. It's one, the best one so far. Uh, little kids have it so easy because they put they can put little in front of their name, L-I uh, apostrophe L, and right off the bat, everyone thinks they're cute. Well, fine then. I want everyone to start calling me Little Monokuma. <laughs> See, just by adding that, my cuteness goes up by at least 10%, right? Oh, yeah, the world doesn't have nearly enough littles. More littles would lead to the salvation of the world. Just imagine. Little arsonist. Little war criminal. Little destruction of the environment. Little hit and run. Little death tax. Little great depression. Even the darkest subjects can suddenly become brighter. Our dreams are expanding. Ding, ding. <laughs> I really like that one. Oh my god! I wrote down the note for <laughs> the oh, like a oh, little little hit and run. Oops, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Oopsie whoopsie! Oopsie. I made a fucky wucky and did a little hidden one. Little arson <laughs> right there. Oh no! Oh, I just committed a little destruction of the environment. <laughs> the, that's literally that. That, that little destruction of the environment shit is literally what BP did after they dumped oil in the middle of the fucking <laughs> um, Gulf of Mexico. Oh, they yeah. just did, whoopsie, like, did like, we do that? Oh, don't oh, arrest me, spill. I'm just a little war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> That's George W. Bush it's and like, John Howard. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jared, we're just gonna, Jared, we're just gonna conduct a little AFP raid right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raid. Uh, I'm so just doing a, doing a little waity raidy. <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just clip that for me for personal use. I don't even know if you want to keep it in when you oh, get to editing. Oh, shit. Oh, no. 
<laughs> just have my text tone be Jared saying, I'm just... <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm not oh, going to give you the opportunity to clip me with it. Oh, That's worse than anything I've ever said. <laughs> 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 oh, that's, so, a, that's um, a good joke. Uh, <laughs> uh. So at this point, uh, we are coming up on the next morning. As it turns out, uh, it looks like um, Tarka's decided to stop showing up for good. Mm. Um, we get to free time now. Um, so we are at. Oh, um, hang on. Did we free time? Did we establish so what happened to Tarka? I need to. Mm, what happened? Uh, not. This is after the first free time. Oh, is so, it actually after the first free time? Yep. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah. I have this recorded it down wrong, I think. So, um, so in the first day of chapter three, I'm just checking now. Give me one moment. You receive one, I believe, one free time event. Yes, mm. I think. From what it looks like here, so. Who did you guys spend time with first? The crowd favorite, Hina. Yeah, I think Hina. so as well. Although <laughs> I, I think don't we have all mine did. Written, I don't have I mine written down, but yes, and I got crowd the, um, favorite, the I know, ability from I know it that today. After after chapter two, when I lost another one of the people that I started invested time in, I was like, I need to finish someone now. Yeah. So I I pretty much just went straight for Hina because mm. she was my highest completion. I think at that point because I had lost. Sayaka, I'd lost Junko, and I had lost Celeste, and I only had one point in... Uh, no, I hadn't lost Celeste, I'd lost Chihiro, and I had one point in Celeste. Mm. Um, and I was still assuming that you couldn't talk to Kyoko at all. So, um, so I went straight through and just was like, Hina, 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 Hina. Um, I think I did the same thing. This entire chapter. Mm. Mm. I think I did the yeah, same basically. thing, yeah. And the first time that I played through this, I, uh, I actually... In chapter three, I missed two opportunities to develop relationship because I uh, didn't have enough gifts at the time. Oh, yeah. I hadn't bought any more gifts. Tragic. And I had nothing to give Hina, so I... Yeah, I actually failed a couple on this one. Oh. How could you not give her anything? <laughs> she deserves <laughs> anyway, all of the gifts! <laughs> so after, after the... Um, after the free time event, Taka knocks on your door. He wants to go and see Alter Ego. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, they decide to sort of be like, you know, secretive and they walk past Kyoko and they sort of say, look, don't, uh, don't, uh, go anywhere near him. He's mm. a bit messed up in his condition. Kyoko lets him go. And then they go to the bathhouse to talk to Alter Ego. Um, Taka decides to talk to Chihiro um, but, you know, he sort of just, do, he asks, you know, do you, do you hate Mondo and do you hate me for what happened to Chihiro? And Alter Ego changes into Alter Mondo and says, you know, sort of says like, a man's only worth as much as the load he can carry. You get it right, bro. Hell, what am I saying? Of course you do. Um, you know, take the time to indulge your regrets. You might even start walking again without realizing it. And he sort of just pumps, uh, pumps Taka up and Taka starts to glow blue 
and then yeah. goes Super Saiyan. No, he goes <laughs> Ultra Instinct. If you want to be technical about it, years Ultra before Instinct. the actual change, he gets the so white head like, form. He's like, "Who the fudge is Taka? Don't worry about it." He's like, "I'm a new me. I'm totally stuffed with fighting spirit now." <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, I don't call me Taka. That's not my name anymore. I am me." And then runs off. Yeah. And then Kyoko comes in. It's like. Uh oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, um, she tells him yeah. off, and Makoto feels like he's been a bad little boy. <laughs> little. <laughs> little boy. There's another Monokuma theater. It's nowhere near as good as the little mm. one, but it's it's alright. It talks about video games. Um, it seemed like a bit of foreshadowing. Everyone else. There. Everyone else. Uh, Hero, when Makoto goes to meet with Hero in the morning, they he's like, let's go take a bath. And they go to take a bath and everyone's in there. Um, and Kyoko is in the middle of of uh, ripping into Hifumi because in the middle of the night, he snuck out of his room and accessed Alter Ego without permission. And when I caught him, he was hugging the laptop and breathing strangely. <laughs> um, and Hifumi's like, she's going to kill me. And it's like, uh, Kyoko's like I'm not gonna kill you I'm just gonna instruct you um, <laughs> I'm not mad I'm just fists. disappointed <laughs> the moral of the story uh, is that uh, basically Hifumi has fallen in love with Alter Ego a program the yeah. ultimate um, 2D what's that fucking movie called again do you know the one where the guy falls in love with the goddamn robot oh Halo no no not <laughs> wait hey what <laughs> There's a romantic Ma- subplot of Halo. Is the, does it that is happen Master after the fourth Ch- one? I, thought, or? I, I just thought Master Chief was in love with. <laughs> no, with no. I think no, they're that's just like the really close friends. I don't know. I di- I didn't play Halo. Oh no, before. that's the fan base. You're, sorry, you're like, <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no. It's a it's a different movie. I think it's got Ryan Gosling in it. Hold on. Um, where they fall in love with the dating right. sim or something like that. No, it's 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 um it's called uh. Uh, uh, fuck. It's not Ex Machina. That's, that's a different one. It's, um... Celeste, while you're looking that up, Celeste points out to Hifumi, because Hifumi talks about, you know, oh, all of these things that I, that I was super interested in, and it's like, Celeste points out, uh, Alter Ego is not interested in who you are. They're interested in what you know. It's yeah. an AI. It exists to learn. But he sort of just sort of, you know, doesn't doesn't get that point hmm. at which point uh taka comes in her or the film is called white haired taka yeah you can, say you can taka. you can clip okay, my audio of that and just put it where i stumbled it's, for like 30 minutes <laughs> it's fine no uh taka comes in um he's like i am kia taka and mondo so like kiondo i guess uh so I'm going to stick a banana up your tailpipe yeah. as he screams uh, at, uh, at Yasuhiro. <laughs> These fucking um, Looney Tunes ass swears. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the, uh, in the, um, in the Japanese translation, his name was Ishida, a combination of Ishimaru and Owada, <laughs> which cool. sounds so much cooler than Kiondo. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Ishida just sounds Ishida. awesome. I mean, it's actually um, also plus, a name. It's also yeah. a surname when Kiondo is not, so yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, someone points out, puts up the idea that Mondo's ghost showed up and possessed Taka, mm. which I guess, you know, could be a thing. Was that hero? Um, the white... 
He's the. <laughs> he would do that. Yeah. And yeah. it sort of starts this this big fight where uh, where basically uh, Ashida. I'm just going to call him Ashida now. Ashida and Hafumi are having a big rivalry. Mm. Um, and <laughs> there's a, there's there's actually in the anime it's a lot funnier. Uh, this scene. Uh, because I think Kafumi screams something like, "This is true love. I will not let you get betwixt us," or something like that. It it oh, it's it's hilarious. Um, it's there's a lot more depth in the writing, obviously, in the games. But the anime, like once you've played the games, going back and watching the anime to go through the scenes, like without like the free time and all that sort of stuff, mm. you 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 really do come to enjoy it. I find if you're someone who's listening to this and you haven't played the games, but you're watching the anime first. I mean, if you're enjoying it, great, but you really should play the games because if you're playing the... If you're watching the anime first, I feel like you're not going to get as much of an investment in the story and you may not enjoy it as much. Whereas if you play the games, you get, like like you guys are saying, the layers of the story that you're coming across mm. is so... Like, there's so much depth to it that you appreciate it so much so then when you go and watch something like the anime, you already know what's going on, but you can appreciate, like, the effort that's been put in and you can appreciate sort of the lighter viewing, I guess, in that instance. Yeah. And if you're doing neither and you're just listening to this roar... I love you. <laughs> Me personally, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so we get more free time. So we get uh, two more, I believe. Yep, two more free time events. So you can even speak to you. I don't think you could speak to Taka anymore. Um, no, you can't no. speak to Taka anymore. So you can speak to pretty much anyone else. Mm. Um, so do you guys remember who you spoke to throughout the next two days of yeah, free time yeah. I have this one actually written down I, re- I spoke with Hina um, on the first day it was Hina then Hero so I must have spoken with Hina on the day before um, so Hina and Hero then da, 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 it was Hina again and then Kyoko um, were my uh, that's all up all of my free time mm. people right. um, and, for the f- and for the first time as well I will just point out you can actually speak to Genocide Jill Yes. Oh, was that the I've first been time meaning the to do, of this chapter? I'm meaning to do that now after um, rapping Hina entirely. Uh, did you guys... Did you also rap Hina, Jared? I did. I rapped her in the first free time of this chapter. Oh, cool. Do you want to have a quick talk about that experience then of like just closing that out and getting the ambidextrous um, <laughs> thing? Yeah, what was it? What was the... I got extraordinary focus. Oh, no. Okay, you need to do her two more times. Oh, there's a. She gives you a second skill, and you what, have a like wedding. Do her, do her. Lads, am I the only person here who doesn't think about having sex with children? Because I swear to God. <laughs> so we wedding. <laughs> you just need to do her social event, or what do you call them? What do you call them in this yeah. game? Free time, free time. Yeah. You just need to have free time with her. Um. Yeah, two more times, okay. um, and then you'll get yeah the the man. final event. Basically, from what I can understand, yeah, and so, Tyler, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Every time mm-hmm. that you wrap an experience with somebody, they come back to your room and have a chat with you, right? Or you go to their room. Oh. Sorry. Uh, it depends on the person. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so Hina, I know with Hina you do. I know with Celeste you go to Celeste's room. Uh, not sure about. I think Toko you do as well, and Sakura you do. Mm. I think most of the girls you do. 
Mm. Uh, except for Sayaka, and I think you don't do so for um, Genocide Jill or Junko, but don't hold me to that one. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think for the most part you go back to the room, but for most of the guys I don't think you do. Okay. Yeah. Some of them you do. I don't know, it just, it, it, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, and I'm not going to go think, through every single person's Yeah, no, it's all good. Do you out. even have time I think, I think it would, um, I, it would probably depend on when they end as well. Like, because some of them are faster than the others, so... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, well, since we all finished Hina throughout Chapter 3... Or, Jared or, or, isn't done oh, with her. No. Jared, oh, yeah. Jared's not. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm explaining we'll about Ramen. We will then. wait. I, I guess we will wait to discuss the final uh, yeah. free time event. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we'll wait until that happens, I guess, because we don't want to spoil it for Jared. Yeah, that's a fun um, one. Jared, what, which people did you hang out with then? So you hung out with yeah. Hina once, and then you got the other... I had four more. <laughs> so it was mm-hmm. Hifumi, Byakia, Kyoko, and Sakura. It was very mm. interesting. Mm. I so how did got those go abilities you? you spread from... your... You're continuing to spread your time amongst everyone quite evenly, from what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Because I kept getting abilities. <laughs> From Hina, Hifumi, and Byakia, I got a skill. All in this one, like, thing of free ah, time. Ah, so you're going for skills. So you're yeah. actually s- actively seeking out going, getting skills. Because mm. why else would I talk experience? to anyone? Okay. Except for I mean, personal gain. You could... To build, <laughs> to build social bonds. Oh, They could die at any point. Yeah. Really, the skills pipeline is the optimal way to play the game. Like, mm. if we're being real here, if you want to go for the best speedrun ability... Yeah, you got to get those skills. Who needs friends when you have skills? Did you write down what skills you got? Yeah, I uh, got... Jared? Uh, so first I got Extraordinary Focus from Hina. And then I got... Handiwork from Hifumi. And I got... Cool you, and composed. Did you look at the descriptions of them as well? Uh, I didn't write anything down. Not sure. Okay. What was the one from Biakia again? Sorry. Cool and composed. Cool and composed. All right, that's fine. Lucky for you guys, I am a research king. Ooh, look at him go. When it comes to doing a rompart, so I'll be able to tell you what the skills are. So. Um, from uh, Hina, you got extraordinary focus increases the focus gauge by two points. Mm. Um, so that gives you a little bit more time to slow down the action. Yeah. Uh, cool and composed uh, steadies your aim throughout a non-stop debate in Hangman's Gambit, so it makes it easier to aim. Yeah. And Hifumi is handiwork allows you to reload two bullets at once during the bullet time battle, mm. which uh, something that comes up in this chapter when you do the bullet time battle is that. There's a new mechanic, which we'll get into for the trial, mm. uh, to explain how that comes into I did end uh, up having play. that equipped, and it was very useful. Oh, yeah. Even it, though I did nearly die in that section. <laughs> so, the next, mor- <laughs> the next morning uh, is very strange. Mm. Um, Byakia shows up looking pissed, Ooh, and yeah. so does Genocide Jack. And is like, don't bother asking why we arrived at the same time. The answer should be obvious. And the genocide Jack's like, I'll give you a hint. I'm wearing red lingerie today. Wait. And everyone's like, uh, hang on a minute. And it's like, I was just thinking like, what? Like, are they like, did what, what's going on there? Like, she's uh, trying to fuck him like really desperately. 
Yeah. And this is where we get this is where we get the second instance of uh, of Genocide Jack being like, hold on a second, you, and then points at Hina, and it's like, what's your top power level? Like 35, 22, 33? <laughs> you start out being on top to try and look thinner down south, and it's like, oh, she's like, look at your melons, they're seriously gargantuan. Do you dunk them in milk every night or something? What does that mean? What does you, do you dunk them in milk every night or something mean? Like, you fucking... <laughs> Just got this weird mental picture of somebody with a, with two like watermelons just pouring milk on them, going yes, grow. <laughs> oh <coughs> fuck! God. I choked. <laughs> God, I'm not cutting that joke. That's no, that's really good. I just, <laughs> wish I hadn't fucked the delivery on that. Um. Oh. <laughs> oh, my oh God, goodness. fuck. And. And Biakio sort of says, I came to hear a story about something that nobody's bothered to tell me yet. Um, and, uh, you know, Biakio's like, you know, practically <laughs> hinting, tell me about Alter Ego. Which is funny because they referenced Alter Ego in the gym in front of a camera. Yeah. Um, and in front of both him and Toko, yet they have no idea what's going on. And they also refuse to talk about it in front of the cameras in the dining hall it's like are you all stupid you already said it in front of the cameras in yeah. the gym so it's not like it's hidden but well they said uh, a name i don't know if that. they like did they did they explicitly say the ai in the bathroom in the gym because otherwise like alter ego could mean fucking anything hmm. i think makoto actually and says alter ego like in the trial as well but even if he does it's like that could mean anything like, alter ego is just a name. It doesn't mean anything without the actual context of, like, this is an AI on a laptop that is sitting in the fucking saunas. Yeah, but it's, like, a program that Chihiro had invented before coming to the school, so that was, like, public knowledge. Is it? Wait, I, I think yeah. I might have missed that bit. It's a yeah. program that was invented yeah, before it is. coming to the school. It's an AI that Chihiro had developed before coming to the school. Uh, you guys are right. This is fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that... <laughs> Anyway, it's stupid. Mm. Um, but then at least Biakia sort of says, alright, well tell me what's going on with Taka. Uh, you know, he seems off. Did his spirit collapse or something? Was, I, was he unable to withstand the environment? Those men who clothe themselves in the cheap fabric of justice are often the, fall, the first to fall. And he's like, well, this might make things uh, more interesting. Don't come to rely on false camaraderie or you'll reap its bitter reward. Um, Kill him. Biakia sort of is being like a you know a little bit of a dick. He's being a and big bit of Biakia's a dick. Biakia's like, I guess I'm unwelcome here. I will remove myself. And to, and genocide Jack was like, yeah, let's get out of here. And it's and he's she's like, you don't have to play hard to get master. And he's like, he started and then it says he started to slowly back out of the room, then pick up speed, and then soon he was sprinting out of the yeah. dining hall. Oh, it's just and great. She just chased. That, like, chases after him. Yeah, she just fucking bolts up. It, uh. It's just great that, like, the line is like, you don't have to play hard to get, Master, you just have to play hard, which is, like, loaded in two different ways of, one, Oof. okay, you're already doing a weird sub-dom thing. You've been at this for, like, how long? <laughs> like, we're already... We've gone hard dive into BDSM. Just, like, jumping Straight. through the window. Non-con you know, uh, non BDSM as well. Yeah. Because Biakia has say, no though, fucking say there in there it. Is, there, there is a sprite of Genocide Jack, which is actually really cool. Uh, or, or, I wouldn't say cool. It's like, obviously, there's sprites that are supposed to be, like, the cute sprite of all of them. <laughs> yeah. And the cute sprite for Genocide Jack is hilarious because it's her... With her eyes closed and a closed mouth smile, but her tongue still sticking out over her chin. Yeah. yeah. 
I've seen that one. That's good. Um, oh. the other funny part of that being that Viakia just fucking has to bolt. And once again, Jill doing the Lord's work in terms of keeping that man as far away from me as physically fucking possible until he's useful. <laughs> so before uh, we go to bed that night, we obviously we have two more free time events. Mm. Um, uh, Hero left a note for Makoto uh, under his door. He comes to the... Uh, he comes to the kitchen uh, and then says, "All right, we." Hyoko asks for for me to fetch everyone. Let's go have a bath. Everyone goes to the bathroom, uh, to the bathhouse, I should say, um, and that's where uh, even even Biakia and uh, Toko are actually here this time. And Kyoko sees that everyone's here and says, "All right, someone stole it. Um, someone stole Alter Ego. It's missing." Um, but they knew that it wasn't Hafumi or uh, Taka because if someone had stole it, if one of them had come close to the laptop, the laptop would have screamed uh, since Kyoko had instructed it to do so. So someone other than them have stolen the laptop um, and stolen Alter Ego. Um, everyone sort of just, you know, freaks out and... Everyone's sort of having, you know, as soon as they were... One of the quotes from Makoto is, Alter Ego gave gave, gave us hope, and then that hope was taken away. Um, the poet For trying to learn again. what was going on in the circumstances. Um, yeah. So, that's sort of coming towards the end of the, the daily life section of this game. Um, I just want so to also make note... Before we get note. into murder... <laughs> um, Sayaka yeah. got killed of... Well, she was the one that sent the note, but, like, Leon was going to be killed by someone slipping a door under their note in the middle of the night. A door the, under their uh, note? Uh, slipping a door yeah, under the note? Yes. A door under their note? Ha! Got him! Got him! Oh, he misspoke! Got him, boys! Slipping a note under the door in the middle of the night. And then Makoto sees this and he's like, Oh, yeah, this is probably fine. And just yeah, I had the it. same thing. I had the like, exact same thought. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Why are you so trusting of this to note? It's so Very dumb. Naive. Everyone's Such dying from notes. Everybody is dying from notes. Mm. They Death note <laughs> is what they should Everybody call Everybody is dying from notes. This is like a running theme that like the moment you get oh. a note under your door, you're getting fucking minced. Yeah. And yet like, here's this Here's this dickhead kid looking at the note and being like, Oh, well, you know, I don't know who this was from. Nobody said anything. I may as well go, huh? Yeah. I should be fine. Schmuck. Definite schmuck. All right. So before we get into the next uh, haunting section of the game, uh, is there any raps about daily life that you guys have or anything else you'd like to discuss before we move on to the next section of the game? Oh, Just there's the, the, the Monokuma bit um, at this point in the transition owns... The Monokuma theatre? Yeah, it owns mm. super hard because you're basically like, it's just this thing about like, you know, murder is like completely, murder as a concept is completely relative. And then it just goes into this sort <laughs> of dialogue on how if you consider for a moment every great person like in history... If you if you qualified them by the same you know metrics of a human life being like not relative but having some form of objective value, they're all horrible, horrible deviant people, right? 
the exact the exact monokuma theater is murder is a word whose definition changes with time with mm. place with society if murder is evidence of abnormality then all of history's greatest heroes must have been abnormal sometimes the murders that people forgive are way more abnormal than the ones they don't yes yeah. exactly and that's an interesting point because it's like okay you think about it like no, all right here's me to go on my political diatribe but you hey. think about like modern um, modern conceptions of what is redeem what is a redeemable thing and what isn't. So regardless of your political affectation, um, it's pretty much just standard knowledge that George Bush is a war criminal, right? Or George W. Bush, very specifically, the guy who just like left office in two thousand and eight um, for Obama to take over in the U.S. Uh, that man is responsible through his administration for the oversight of a ridiculous amount of death. Um, and is renowned for, like, making misery points out of entire people's lives. There are people who have killed in the United States over things that are far more understandable, like, you know, a need to live, so it's a mugging gone wrong, or uh, something like a heat-of-the-moment murder over some moment of passion, who are basically unable to ever find any kind of... Um, ability to come back to their lives properly because of the way that people are treated once they leave prison, let alone if they somehow get the death penalty or have life in prison. Mm. Bush is currently being rehabilitated by most of the US media class as a painter. <laughs> like, <laughs> murder is completely relative. You can wipe out a million people in another country and it just... You know, but as long as you make an art that's of the same quality as a fifth grader, you can you can come back. It doesn't matter. You're good. You're rehabilitated. No worries. Exactly. It's complete oh. fucking horseshit, man. Some whack so, stuff. The, ne the next morning, only four people show up at seven o'clock at the meet time, which is Makoto, Hina, Sakura, and Kyoko. Uh, and the night before it was established that everyone was going to meet up in the morning and look for Alter Ego. Um, they wait for an hour, but no one shows up. So everyone starts thinking what could have possibly happened to everyone, you know. Hero, Celeste have never missed a day, uh, like a morning. Um, Hifumi and Taka are not here. They wanted to look for Alter Ego more than anything. And then that's when Kyoko brings up the idea of someone's acted on the motive. Um... So they all split up to search the school. Eventually, you hear a scream from the third floor of the school. Uh, it's Hina who screams. You go into the rec room and Celeste is there and she has been attacked um, by some sort of strange man. Um, they attacked me with the hammer on the ground over there and you see a hammer that says Justice Hammer 1 and it's a really small mallet. Um... After everyone sort of asks uh, Celeste what's happened, she sort of says, you know, I woke up before 7am, night 10 was not yet over, but I knew it was about to end, so I decided it would be okay if I took a stroll around the first floor. Um, I saw this strange man that I was wary of. I, I decided to follow him in secret. I saw him go into the rec room. I tried to peek through the door, uh, but he noticed me and attacked me just after 7am, just after night time had ended. Um... So this was about an hour before everyone had all met up for him. Um, Celeste said that she was losing con consciousness um, for about an hour. 
um, she said that she begged and groveled for her life before passing out. Said that he, she would do anything, lick his boots, whatever it took. Um, a necessary skill for survival. Um, because she also said, when I looked in the rec room, I saw the suspicious man was not alone. He had Hafumi with him. Um, after he attacked me, he dragged Hafumi away. She pulled out this uh, camera and you see Hafumi being, I guess, cuddled, it almost looks like, uh, by this weird box costume... Optimus Prime. ...thing. Yeah, Optimus Gundam. Optimus Prime looking thing. Gundam looking <laughs> thing. Um, that has like a, robot costume. a big fucking J on one shoulder and a big fucking R on the other. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, Celeste says that they headed left, so they must have gone to the second floor. Uh, Byakia asks what the fuss is. Uh, they, are, they ask if they've seen Kyoko or Afumi. They go into the library um, and they see Hafumi there with a little bit of blood uh, on his head um, from what it looks like. Uh, he's, he's looking a little bit worse for wear. He says that he was attacked by someone that he's decided to call Robo Justice, mm. um, which set off a flag for me. I was like, Robo, why are you calling him Robo Justice? Yes. You mentioned Robo Justice earlier and now you've been attacked by Robo Justice. It's like that. There's something weird going on. When here. did he mention Robo um, Justice earlier? Uh, when he was talking about there was no 2D in Hope's Peak uh, at the very beginning oh. of the chapter. He brings up a bunch of these anime characters, and one of them is Robo Justice of the Galaxy. Ah, okay. I'm I blanked on that. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I noticed that and was like, "There's something fishy going on here." I recalled it back um, when they do a flashback to the event later on. There was a. There's the point where he goes. Oh, um, I was attacked by Robot Justice. Uh, at least that's what I was calling him. And it's just like, mm. okay, that's a tell. You wow, know, his eyes are like, puckered, like little lips. Yeah, exactly. And also <laughs> just like mm. the um, yeah. Continue, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's attacked by Justice Hammer Two. Yes, which is yeah. a slightly bigger hammer. Found um, on the ground. So they decide to to take. Uh, to take Afumi to the nurse's office. Um, so they they decide to patch him up and help him feel better. Um, everyone's starting to panic now. It's like, okay. Um, he, he Everyone's sort of going, okay, well. Uh, Hafumi says, uh, I was attacked at 7.30 uh, after he dragged me to the library. Um, Byakia was like, I was in the laundry doing my, wa my laundry. And Genocide Jack was like, his black underwear was as black as the pitch black darkness of the blackest night. And Biaki is like, why do you know that? She's like, it's obvious I was peeking. Like, <laughs> well, they, yeah. Anyway, but it's established that they have alibis because they were together at the time. Um, and everyone's like, where's Kyoko? And everyone's freaking out because Kyoko was with everyone at the beginning and now she hasn't resurfaced. Um <laughs> And then Byakia throws out that Kyoko is the mastermind spy. Um, this woman who seems almost eager to handle dead bodies hasn't even revealed her true identity to us yet. Everyone decides to... Everyone leaves the nurse's office, leaving Hifumi there to take care of himself. But Celeste immediately says, I saw a shadow moving at the top of the stairs. Everyone runs up to the second floor. They decide to split up to look around uh, the second floor to see if they can find this shadow. Uh, Celeste screams... 
at the top of her voice, except it's more of a, it's like, ha ha! It's like she's laughing. You are, it was, you, you, you cut out over the discord. So it just sounded like you went, ha! It wouldn't have cut, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have cut out in my recording. It's fine. Um, sort of, she, you know, cuts out and says, um, you know, I was on the third Floor. And Biakia even notes that was a rather intense scream for someone like you. Mm. She says, "I saw him. I saw him heading further down into the hallway, and he disappeared. And everyone goes to chase him, but then B- uh, Genocide Jill sneezes and turns back into Toko, who's like, "What the hell's going on?" And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, f- it doesn't matter." But then they hear Hafumi scream mm. from the first floor. They really left him alone like, there. <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, this is bad." It's like. Celeste suggests let's split up into two groups. Three of us go hunting. Three of us go check on Ifumi. So Makoto, Hina, and Celeste decide to go to the nurse's office. Um, when they go in there, uh, a world of dripping crimson dre- greets them as Hafumi is lying there, unmoving with his mouth open wide. He's been hit on the head with Justice Hammer 3. Entire face with- and glasses covered with blood. <laughs> Yes. yes, entire face and glasses, and, glasses. and it, it makes uh, Hina feel sick. Mac- the body discovery announcement plays. Mm. Uh, so you know, obviously he's dead. Makoto's like, all right, I will go and tell everyone what's happened downstairs. So Makoto runs up, searches the third floor, goes to the physics lab, and then goes into the equipment room. And then what he didn't realize was that there was actually another nightmare there and the dead body of Taka mm. comes into play. Double murder, Before baby! We, continue, d- double we got a murder, double murder baby. on our hands! So, what were you guys thinking at the time when you saw two, not one, but two dead bodies? Like, I actually had a feeling that that was going to happen when I heard the alarm play because I'm like, oh, they're split up and they're split up in perfect groups of three. So if somebody was going to hide one of these... if This was my legit thought process. If somebody is going to hide that one of these isn't actually a murder, mm. they are going to time it so that both bodies are found at the same time. <laughs> because you won't be able to discern whether the... Because logic would, would dictate that the announcement should play twice if it's even a fraction off. It shouldn't yeah. just sound once. But like, you know... That's me sitting here not actually viewing a corpse. So I could be <laughs> clear-headed about that <laughs> deduction. For sure. Um, it was pretty cool. Jared? Mm. Yeah, I didn't really think about that at the time. I was just like, ooh, they, they hit it like right at the same time. That's wild. Because mm-hmm. I'm still like not really across all of the body announcement stuff. We've only had like one case where it's actually worked. <laughs> Uh, mm. 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 So that's uh, that's a nightmare that occurs. Uh, Toko has passed out at the sight of Taka's blood, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, and Justice Hammer Four is discovered uh, in the equipment room as well. Um, after which point, Celeste comes up and says it's 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 you know ghastly, and they go back down to the uh, to the. Um, to the nurse's office and Hufumi's body's gone mm. he's disappeared wild shock oh horror oh my god 
Uh, he's vanished. And Celeste, Celeste points out uh, that this must be the work of the culprit. They've come and carried the body away. They must be really enjoying this. Um, she sort of goes on a little bit of a diatribe and everyone freaks out. Mm. And then they explain that they found... Um, they that they found uh what do you call it they found taka on the top floor as well yes so there's actually two people that are dead important thing um, to note while we're here uh before that is established to her celeste says oh the, i think you've probably got the quote in front of you tyler actually mm. it might be better just uh, to read it it's brought up i later. know what quote you're thinking i know what quote you're thinking of do you want yeah. me to read it now or do you want to save it for the trial no do it now because it's important context like it, okay so that present the, the clues as they come. She, the quote that she says as they're in the nurse's office um after they've discussed uh, uh that hafumi's body has has disappeared but before um, they know that taka's body's vanished um you know uh they you know uh sorry i'm just finding it now no, it's all good with dead air we can just it's cut all it good. Uh, yeah, uh, this must be the work of the culprit. They must have come and carried the body away. They must be really enjoying this. Enjoying the sight of us standing around frightened and confused. We're all going to die here. We're going to die just like those guys had died. And uh, Biakia was the one who said, I don't believe this. I don't believe a body would just disappear. First, there were two murders. And now one of the bodies has been taken. This is unnatural. Um at which point they mentioned that Taku is being killed as well. Hina has a bit of a breakdown. Um, and then Toko's up there. Um, but, you know, Biakia sort of just puts, you know, everyone's like, how could you, how could you leave Toko up there to Biakia? And he's just like, that annoying little insect clings to me wherever I go. We'd be better off without her. And everyone's just like, you, you bastard sort of thing. You know, like how, how dare you just talk to her, talk about her like that. Um, they rush up to check on Toko, make sure she's okay, at which point, yep, she's okay. But now Taka's body's gone. They're both gone. Crazy. Um, they're, they've both gone. At which point, Byakia sort of points out that, you know, there's only two people missing. So who could be responsible? It's either Hiro or Kyoko. Which point, you know, Makoto, you know, has an alibi for when Celeste and Afumi were attacked, she was with us. At which point, uh, Byakia points out, you seem very adamant about defending her. Perhaps you're in love. Um, but anyway, it's sort of pointed out that, you know, at this point, everyone's sort of settled that Hiro is the one who's done this. He's the only one that's that's disappeared uh, in this instance. Um, on top of that as well, uh, there, there will be no more murders, Biakia points out, because as according to the regulations, the blacking can only commit two murders. Mm. So you can't kill more than anyone else. So everyone else is safe mm -hmm. for now, unless another murder takes place from a different blackened. Yes, robo-justice um, cannot kill anymore. Mm. Exactly. Um, after which they have to try and find the two missing bodies. Um, you go to the art room and check the repository, but it's locked. You can't get in there. So you step away to search other rooms, but then Celeste, uh, Celeste just shows up and says, I found them. They're in the repository. Um, and they go in there and yep. As she says, both of the bodies are in there. The first thing I noticed as soon as I went in that room is that the mallets on the back wall, half of them are missing. Yeah. I saw that. And it's like, okay. 
So someone's taken those mallets then. That makes a lot of sense. All the different size mallets. Um, it's an interesting body detail, but I actually went yep. in that room before this specific bit, but before mm-hmm. it's locked as well, because you know how you have to explore the third floor yeah. to find mm-hmm. them in the um, in the equipment room that's through the physics uh, room? I went into mm-hmm. the art room before that just to yep. look around, and the mallets are gone then too. Yeah. Which oh, makes really? if, yeah, if memory serves, the mal- they they, they actually went through the bother of making that room different mm. before you discover Taka's body, which is good. That is correct. Um, at which point, the body discovery asset plays again once you rediscover the bodies. Mm. Monokuma gives out the Monokuma file. Hafumi is being clutched by Hina. She's crying. A single tear falls on his cheek. But then all of a sudden, his eyes open. And it's like a zombie movie. His arm comes up. It's like returning from the dead. Mm. Your tear has like, healed me. He, he, goes on, he goes on a little bit of a dial trap. He's like, oh, that's right. I remember now. Hope's Peak. Before I met you all, I'd met you all. And Byakuya says his memories are blending together. He has nothing useful to offer us. Mm. Um, but Hafumi was like... The light is reaching out to me like the tail of a comment. Uh, Hina says, Who attacked you? Who tried to kill you? And Hafumi was like, I remember the name Yasu Hiro. And then dies. Mm. And then... Hero's first name. Hero, yeah. Ooh. Yasuhiro Hagakure. Mm. Um, also worth noting, Hifumi's yeah. eyes are clear. His glasses. Mm. They're, his glasses they're clear. nice and clean. He's got blood all over his face, but his glasses are clear. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's interesting. What was that that he said about before I met you all? <laughs> I Before I'd met you all, I'd met you all. Yeah. Crazy. Which implies the kind of time loop thing, right? Because it's just like, or at least some weird yeah. bullshit memory wipe sen- shenanigans yeah. going on. Their memory mm. was wiped and they've gone through So, this. investigation... Um, what did you did you guys have anything major that stood out to you in the investigation? Okay, so do 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 um uh I I started to get a little bit frustrated about how the clues that came up in the investigation um don't where they they clearly link to each other. You can't like spend time in the investigation to actually put them together. How that all kind of has to happen during the trial. But I get that that's just the way that the game's frust- structured. But it was just a bit like because I could see how they were forming while in the investigation. I thought it would be neat if we could just piece them together then to save time. But eh, it's the way the game works, you know. Yeah, you got to play along with the yeah, character. Exactly. It gives me sort mm. of a disconnect from Makoto. Where it's like, he's just trying to figure things out, and I've already figured things out. Yeah, same. He sees the tire track in the blood stain, and he's like, oh, I wonder what caused that. And I'm like, dude, you already looked at the wheel that has the blood on it. Yeah, dude, and then like, (laughs) sitting there before anybody's, like, immediately with the clean glasses thing, I was Mm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know what's happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, that was he just, I understand. That much quicker than I would have. Like, I don't know if I would have seen that. Um, did you... So, before we discuss the trial itself, mm. what did you guys think was the... What What happened? What went down, Jared? What What did you think had occurred here? Oh, yeah. 
I figured, like, definitely Hifumi's uh, the one that's killed Taka. And, like, he was the one that was yeah. walking around moving the bodies. And then I was thinking, like, because of the thing that happened earlier, where he was Celeste's little piggy boy or something like that, I was like, oh, maybe mm. Celeste has got him to do her dirty work. And wrote that down. Mm. That was nice little... Okay. Fun little thing to tick off. Yeah. Alright. Mr. Patrick, what about you? What were you thinking before the trial started? I'll just read it verbatim. Okay, so here's my take. I think Celeste masterminded this killing. She was working with Hifumi to kill Taka and frame Hero, potentially, uh... Uh... I think that using Alter Ego as leverage. After Hifumi used a blood pack in the medical room to fake his death, he wiped off his glasses and ran upstairs to take Taka out of the murder room using the dolly. There, when he had played his part, Celeste killed him with the biggest mallet. His last words to Hina were an attempt to keep his promise to Celeste. That was the only bit of that I got wrong. The rest of it, I paced exactly. Mm. Which was very I was funny. Say, do we even need to review, like, review the trial now? Like, I mean, you there's mechanical stuff to the perfect score. There's mechanical stuff to the trial, and also I think that it's important that that last bit is wrong. Mm, I yeah, I assumed yeah. that what it was going to be was same thing with you, Jared, because Hifumi had been like playing himself up as Celeste's little piss pig. Yeah. I thought that he was going to be doing this out of that he was protecting her out of some sense of loyalty and framing Hero because of that I didn't expect the actual twist in that regard he actually which got is, played yeah he actually got played and then tried to out her but just because he was dying couldn't do it in a good way yeah Very the trial's really good if you if you don't um if you don't kind of do what Jared and I had kind of done and just somehow managed to stumble in to getting it entirely correct, um, it, it goes pretty well. I was pleasantly surprised by how early the bullet time battle came up. Hmm. That was interesting. Yeah, that like from the get go, it's you. The trial slowly paces up more and more, and it's unlike the one before where um, when you're trying to figure out who killed Chihiro, um, there's kind of, like, no clear antagonist uh, because it sort of swaps from person to person multiple times. At some point, it's Genocide Jill. At another point, it's Byakia. At another point, it's Taka, um, who's trying to obfuscate for Mondo. Um, and it sort of revolves throughout the people in the group. For this one... There isn't anybody immediately at the start, but then from the point where Celeste is like, how about you stop talking, and then you have the bullet time battle with her, where she's just being slightly um, mean and snarky towards you, Mm. it slowly ramps up against her, just kind of barely bit by bit, because she's always trying to divert the direction of the trial, but quite subtly. Yeah. And then as less as she gets less and less like cards to play, she gets more and more aggressive about it to the point where she breaks character multiple times. Mm. Because Celeste is a character. It's not yeah. the real person who is um what's her name, Tyler? <laughs> Cuz I think this is Ludenberg. No, yeah, but what's but her real name? Cuz Celestia Ludenberg is a character. Mm. So it's revealed that uh as the damning final piece of evidence there from Makoto uh, that Celeste's real name is Taiko Yasuhiro um, and yeah, the character of 
Celestia Ludenberg, uh, as you put it, um, is is false. It doesn't exist. Um, and uh, <laughs> so so rather than discuss the actual murder, since Patrick's also you know broken down pretty much what what happened face to face, for the most part anyway. I think this is a good time where we can discuss... <sighs> I know you say it's a good trial, and when I first played it, I thought it was a good trial too. But having played, like, look, looking back at the two trials and the actual logic of the murders yeah. up until this point, oh. for someone who's meant to be the ultimate gambler, who's able to take calculated risks, who's able to be as cool as a cucumber and have a great poker face and be able to be, you know, the queen of lies. This was an atrocious attempt at trying to to succeed in this format. It really is. For for starters, why is it so complicated? Why is it such a complicated For being the ultimate gambler, her poker face is really bad. Why does she have to make it so that she kills someone so much? Like, I understand, like, the logic that she used for, um, you know... Uh, for the reason why Hifumi, uh, should do it, you know, like, to trick him, but it just becomes so complex that I just, I question the true genius that she's supposed to be, if that makes sense. I think the point is that you're supposed to get lost in the complexity of it. Like, obviously, if you've... The fact that we've been through this and, not like, also being hyper-vigilant for clues, like, being able to figure out that this is how things played out is based largely on the shit job that Hafumi does, which kind of I think it actually I think it actually does do her some justice because yeah she's the queen of lies but she's also gambler so she takes a lot of risk which is what this is this is a massive risk in that she's banking on somebody else to do most of the legwork for being able to set up so that she can kill somebody and completely get away with it if only one person dies then realistically like basically she needs other people's prints all over it to try and get off and away from the idea of it being her so primarily Hero, who they would have just completely sent to death out of hand if the note hadn't been found on Hifumi, who was supposed to destroy the note, but instead clearly just crumpled it up and kept it in his pants. She took a risk on him, trying to con him into working with her, and for the most part that worked, but the outlier bit being that he's lazy and kind of shit and inept, so that's the gamble as to whether he'll actually come through or not. From that part forward, Celeste kept up the... She kept the gig up, for the most part, but I do agree with you that her poker face is kind of shit. Like, it's interesting how... how it kept dropping, and I think that that's... But I think that that's also decent storytelling, because if you notice, the one person who she actually does really drop poker face with, it is... is Hifumi. Because she actually doesn't like him, she, like there's a actually just th- frustrated. There's a thread that goes on throughout the, and can't keep up the character. Yeah, she gets really frustrated with him. She also just genuinely finds him disgusting, um, and clearly picked him to die 
because she yeah. did not like him. And that was like a big contingent of that, I think. It's the, the thread of the narrative is effectively that Celeste actually did enjoy the company of most of the other people that she was living with, but she wanted to get out more than she enjoyed their company. So out of everybody who it would be easiest to follow through the actual deed of murder on, Hifumi stands as the person. But also in picking him, she, she simultaneously picks the most incompetent person to try and follow through the murder with. And she couldn't have really realistically manipulated Taka into doing it because Taka has too strong of a sense of justice and moral forthrightness even whilst he's being, you know, a bit of a shit. Because, like, one of the key points in the trial of evidence is the fact that Taka's wristwatch breaks and shows that he died way before anybody else in the trial, basically removing the... Uh, was even injured. Basically removing the... Um, the process of the justice hammers entirely um, and the idea that they go up in ascending order corresponding yeah. with time of death. Um, that wristwatch also plays a part in that the reason why people remember it is because he's screaming at Makoto the previous night for getting to the bathhouse too late at a time that was cl too close to night time, 10 o'clock. So he's still this weird rules maniac even though he's kind of become more of a... like weird bugs yeah bugs bunny <laughs> ass character like um just saying a lot of non-swears and getting very aggressive about following the rules as opposed to just being overly annoying <laughs> about the rules um yeah like i i don't know i don't think it's a i think that maybe you're right in the sense that like for Celeste to kind of get her justice as the ultimate gambler and have that that specific element of her personality portrayed that there could have been a more grand scheme going on but if anything I would say that it would need to be even more complicated and the other thing that I reckon is that I think they did her her character in the narrative a good justice for sending her off because it shows how most of the way that she portrayed portrays herself just generally is a is a complete lie also just i know i'm talking forever about this but also just while i'm thinking about it the whole bit with the camera is actually quite smart like she specifically gets evidence and falsifies it to try and prove that she's a victim yeah which is out of everything like probably one of the most tactically sound decisions that any murderer has made Creating um, evidence you that cross, like, supports her claim. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you cross-reference back to Mondo, and granted the fact that, like, um, Chihiro basically, he swapped the rooms, is the most... He swapped the equipment gear in the rooms, and that, that was the, like, way of getting around the killing. But, you know, and while that was, that was quite subtle, like, that was also kind of anybody who'd been in either of the locker rooms could have easily found that out. Whereas having a photo with your accomplice that has effectively a hard alibi for you, that's pretty useful. Also, she notes that in the trial that the, the photography that she used to blackmail Hifumi, or not really blackmail Hifumi, but get Hifumi involved and claim that she was being used, that was being used to blackmail her from Taka, um actually like she makes a note of saying that she deleted the pictures 
Which is another good step of like, she's just, she's made sure that everything on her end of the plan goes 100% correct and Hifumi fucks up every element of his. Which is, you know, from the shitty disposal of his fucking glasses um, cleaner, which basically clues you on to the fact that he used fake blood, to the um, to the just general incompetence of his ability to move Taka out of the room and getting the dolly in the fucking blood. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he... It would have gone perfectly. The only um, thing that didn't sort of... Oh, and his inability to dispose of the note. The only thing that fucked it up was just him fucking it up. Because he's not very good at killing people. Yeah. That's quite an interesting take on it, I guess. Uh, Jared, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, Hifumi probably wouldn't have ended up killing anyone if he didn't get that push from Celeste. Unless the, like... I agree. Motivation came up later on, I don't know. But, mm. yeah. Yeah. The poor boy. Got he, um... The motivation that she gives him is effectively claiming that not only did Taka steal Alter Ego, which wasn't true, Celeste actually stole yeah. it, um, but that Taka also, when she went to go and get Alter Ego back from him, he sexually assaulted her, mm. which is just like so calculating yeah. and so fucking evil wow. of a lie. Like, just. She she really gave it her all. Went all out. And put her faith in completely the wrong person. (laughs) Ah, well, she got what she deserved. Yeah. Her gamble didn't pay off. So after after she's caught out, they have a bit of a discussion. She explains, like, what she did and how she manipulated the circumstances. Um, And then... We move on to her execution, which is one of the more outlandish ones we've seen so far, where you initially think it's going to be brutal as hell because she's tied to the stake and she's going to be... It's called the Burning of the Versailles Witch, um, which, you know, she makes a reference that in another life she would be Marie Antoinette, which is quite an interesting callback. Um, And she is sitting there, uh, standing there, and it looks like she's going to be burned alive and we're waiting. you're waiting to see her, like sort of, I guess, crumble because she's sort of in her, like, you know, over-the-top, like, I'm okay sort of uh, thought. But then, uh, but then Monokuma in a fire truck starts screaming down the path, launches off a ramp, and completely crushes her, <laughs> and then the whole stage falls apart on top yeah. of her. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting, mm. I guess, take, I guess. In that interesting, and it's, it's definitely different to what we've had so far. They're, they're definitely getting more outlandish, these executions, for what it seems like. I don't know, man. The butter one still takes yeah. it. That one's fucking... <laughs> that was that one's fucking stupid. I, I was really, like, fucking on edge when the burning thing started, because I was just like, oh my god, this wow. is like... This one's real. Like, this one's actually, like, really real. And then the fire truck hit it, and I'm like... And they pulled it back just... They pulled it back just at, like, that pinch moment of, like, emotional, um, sort of weight, and then give it a bit of levity. Mm. All in all, I think it, it, it lands better than, um, than the butter one. <laughs> yeah, the butter one, that's so fucking dumb. <laughs> Sorry, it's just so still good stuck with me. Until it's the like, butter fucking comes out. Yeah, so that whole trial is this really interesting dissection, and then they just ruin it with butter. Mm. 
fucking stupid. Anyway, <laughs> uh, best execution still reigning is Leon's because it's the most brutal and they really don't the pull any brutal. punches with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just kind of horrific. Mm. Um, it's not as horrific as the build up for Celeste's, but it's like it doesn't have that like curve back down. It just they just kill him with baseballs. Mm. So uh, after the trial. Um, it's revealed that Celeste gave Kyoko a key when she was saying goodbye to everyone. Um, and everyone standing outside the, uh, the bathhouse deciding who do we want to, who do we want to, you know, there's Byaki is like, there's still an off, uh, uh, possibility of a spy. So I don't want Kyoko to go in there by herself. And everyone decides, yeah, let's, let's send Makoto. And, uh, <laughs> Hina's like girls are total pushovers when you show a little backbone, mm. uh, sort of to give you a little a little bit of a nudge, I guess. Yeah, everybody uh, finds alter- he likes her. <laughs> I mean, he's not exactly like he's not exactly subtle in his like signs of affection, I guess, towards Kyoko. Like, I think it's it's clearly obvious that he he's always the one to bring her up in conversation. Yeah, he clearly cares about her a lot. Whether that's like him being into her or whether that's more just like I don't know it's 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 interesting because it's like uh, you spend when you do like interactions with her and stuff her um like her dialogue and everything is quite I don't know it feels very Makoto heavy as well which is an intriguing part of it like he's doing most of the legwork in the conversation but it's still I don't know they share a, they share a deep bond and I think it's just there's a way of reading it that isn't necessarily romantic, which I think is like, it's probably because Kyoko's like helped him so much in terms of coming to terms with immediately horrific things that have happened to him and the people he cares about. Sayaka, he definitely had a thing for. Like there, there's a, I think there's a really clear line there because he was just like, I'll do anything for you. (laughs) I promise. Anything. I promise. Anything. Okay, die for me, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Take the rap. Yeah, so after after that point, they head into the bathhouse and they start discussing, um, you know, they find Alter Ego and they see that it's, that it's all saved. Um, and Makoto and Kyoko have an interesting exchange, I guess, where, you know, Kyoko's like, Makoto asks, all right, what are you doing? And, you know, Kyoko's first instance is to think, you know, you don't need to know, but he says, yeah, but that just makes me worry about you. And she seems shocked that he's worried about her. And at the same time, it's, he, she says like, you probably think I'm the mastermind spy. And he's like, no, I believe in you. I'm just worried about your safety. You know, people, I believe in you. People believe in their friends. and I want you to believe in me too. And she seems a bit touched by that. I get, I guess. And he's a sweet boy. And she explains what's going on, and we get an ending scene where Makoto goes to the second floor boys' bathroom, goes to the closet at the end, pushes on the wall, and go falls through the back of the storage Ooh. closet, and finds a hidden room with a bunch of files Secret and a desk tunnel. and tissues and crushed up paper and all that sort of stuff. There's a piece of paper there that says, you must not leave. Um, he's He's having this strange sensation of uh deja vu when all of a sudden from out of nowhere a 
Ray Mysterio. (laughs) (laughs) Booyaka. Uh, A masked uh, individual with a pipe. Wax him on the head. I'm not going to lie. I thought this was going to be his death. I thought he was dead here. Yeah, I thought that was it. I thought that's it. He's been killed. I either thought either the mastermind spy killed him. Or the masterminds killed him and we'll pin it on someone. That's what I thought. I thought that's it. That's the end of Makoto. He's... Who did you think you'd take over as from that point then? Kyoko. Ah, interesting, interesting. Mm. Because you've been like... You know, either Kyoko or Hina, I guess, would be the two like front runners. Hmm. But like, Kyoko seemed to be the one that I thought would be like... The protagonist going forward. It's like, okay, he's died halfway through the story. Hmm. Now, Kyoko, who just was brought to the forefront at the end of this chapter, is going to be the lead. You know, we had that interesting conversation. She also probably feels guilty because she sent him to the room where he dies. Yeah. That was the thought I had. So, um, I was pleased to find out that Makoto hadn't died yet, um, at least. Uh, he had he survived. He was just having another nap outside <laughs> of class. <laughs> he, he was knocked unconscious, I guess... I guess the theory is supposed to be that because he was attacked by someone that we didn't see who it was, we're supposed to think that this is the mastermind. So, and on top of that, because there's no surveillance camera in that room, the mastermind might, and obviously there's none in the bathrooms either. The mastermind is probably just thinking he's taking an hour long shit when in actual fact, he's passed out in this secret room. So, um, you know, that sort of gets around the loophole of the sleeping class, I guess. Uh, is what I would say. Oh, yeah. oh also um, interesting to note that uh, fucking Rey Mysterio with the wooden plank, um, he has his luchador mask is separated in Monokuma's colours. Yeah, it is. Oh. And on top of that, it's got the Monokuma, like the red lightning eye is on the top of the mask as well. Mm. It's quite interesting. I didn't even get a good enough look at it. It was a really quick sort of frame. Mm. And then after Makoto wakes up after being attacked, he walks past the gym and hears some weird noises, and he opens the opens the door to see Monokuma fighting Sakura. And you know, obviously Makoto's thinking, what the hell's going on here? There is a still shot where Sakura lands on her feet but her skirt rides up because she's fallen down. And anyway, not besides the point. <laughs> Um, you just gotta stop it pointing them out. It just adds on to the. Whee! It just adds on to the consistent theme of fucking. Of we're skirting the line constantly. Objectifying children, I guess. Yeah. If that's yeah, the right term. Of building their case. If we don't right own now. this game every time it tries to make us pedophiles, are we really doing a podcast? Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, but <laughs> no, throughout it this convers- the <laughs> the the conversation that takes place is uh, Monokuma saying. Why you? What do you think you're doing? I asked you a question. What's the meaning of this? How dare you defy me? This wasn't part of the deal. And Sakura says, I've made a decision. I will no longer retreat. No longer compromise. No longer regret. I've made my decision. I'm going to resist you. And Monokuma says, okay, but you do realize what will happen if you go through with this, right? You haven't forgotten what I am holding hostage. And then... It's heavily implied by Makoto's thinking through that time that Sakura is the mastermind spy. And that is the end of chapter three. We receive Super Robo Justice as a present and there are seven students remaining. 
And that is where chapter three comes to an end. What were you guys' thoughts about the developments? That made me so sad. Like, Sakura can't be the spy. She's so sweet. Mm. I was hoping that she was just sparring with Monokuma for fun. But, it's the dialogue. I can't do it. Yeah, I, um... I just want her to be safe and secure. <laughs> I, I had a, um... I just freaked the fuck out the moment that the fight scene started. That ruled. That ruled oh, so hard. <laughs> just... <laughs> big text across my page. Sakura! Because it's just this lightning bolt of them, like, slashing and fighting each other. It was the sickest bit of action in the game yet. Oh. So cool. so cool. Um, no. Similarly, I'm 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 disappointed, but I'm sure that she has good reasons. Um, you know, it's funny how invested we are in this character for one that we've both like not hung out with. Oh yeah. Oh, I saw her once during ah, free time. I'm gonna start now in, on this. Like in this. Chapter. Now that I've next time we had tea. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've gotten Hina done, I want to get through her next. Ideally, although I have yeah. um, I have a sneaking suspicion that she won't be around all that long, but we'll try. Mm. I probably would have I'd forgotten that there was a um, early free time event in the chapter when I went because I, there was such a like long pause between when I played the first part of chapter three and then when I picked up from the second free time event. I forgot that the second one wasn't the first one. Mm. If I'd realized that, I probably would have done Sakura instead of Kyoko, but it is what it is. Mm. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. So, gentlemen, any final thoughts you'd like to provide on this chapter overall in terms of what you thought, how you felt? You know, obviously we talked about the chapter overall at the beginning, but now that we've reviewed it all, what, what are your thoughts heading into chapter four after all the events of this chapter so far? I am very interested as to... I'm very interested as to where the story is going, because that is kind of intriguing. I want to know what Sakura is actually doing. I really like the fact that she's the only person who can actually, like, just fist fight Monokuma, and it literally his bullshit just doesn't matter to her, because she's so strong. Um, yeah, I... I'm... I'm intrigued by what Monokuma is meant to represent as like a theme and I think that this chapter does a good job of kind of setting up some intrigue for what the later chapters are going to be because it's it's notably the game is becoming kind of less about the murders now in a sort of small way I mean they still take up a lot of time but it's it's moving more to be like intrigue about the about the school because the the last people who are remaining are sort of people who effectively don't seem to be particularly aggressive or outwardly yeah like the only people who are who are kind of left are like genocide jill who is a murderer but is also a murderer who has a very specific murder method that means that she could get found out very easily if she killed somebody um She's a serial killer, which means that she won't deviate from that method as well. So there's a le relative level of safety in her company. 
Viakia, who's probably just the most dangerous solely through what he was saying um, and through the way that he presents himself. Uh, and then, yeah, Sakura, because she could just rip someone's head off, but then again, she doesn't seem like the type to do it. So, that means that, like, and she, and we've seen now that she's actively made a decision to not follow through with whatever diabolical plot that she and Monokuma had brewing, if she is the spy. So, that seems to imply that then, the with the rest of everybody, that nobody's really that hostile anymore. I mean, Kyoko's still an unknown element, so but no she more seems murders. nice. Yeah, sorry, what was that, Joe? Yeah. No more murders. Yeah, no more murders. It's all good now. The game's... There's no more murders yeah, the, game's, the game. We're the game's good. solved. Everyone's friends. No, there'll definitely be more murders, but yeah. it just seems like an interesting decision. I'm just waiting for what I think yeah. is going to be the thing that includes the 16th student, which is my guess, and I want it committed to audio, um, is that there's going to be a murder where nobody did it, and it's actually the 16th student. Mm. And, you know... Yeah. Yeah. It's the because they have to they have that spot in the trial. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's the person who occupies that's where that they spot need to be. Mm. Yeah. What if Toko commits a murder, and then genocide Jill is at the trial, and you can't actually select Toko? That'd well, be fun. they've learned at this. Point, what happens? They've then? learned at this point that you can, uh, if they sneeze, they switch personalities. So I guess they could like chuck pepper at her. Let's get a, a feather. Switch, yeah. <laughs> Chuck the bradder. You fuck! <laughs> Come here! Just throw a whole chili. <laughs> Misunderstanding the point, throws a capsicum. <laughs> oh my goodness. And on that note, we will wrap up our chapter three discussion. Gentlemen, as always, thank you That's for being been a pleasure. to play the game and discuss it with me for. Two hours every fortnight. Hell yeah. Were we supposed to be willing? Yeah, you're pretending like this isn't your own little despair game that you've conned us into. Yeah. <laughs> we need to make, like, the <laughs> the architecture for this podcast should just be you. It should We should just, like, ham it up and have you be um the mastermind of the podcast and have you tormenting us with different challenges each week. First first challenge, you need to kill a member of your family. Go. And that is going to do it for the review of Chapter 3 of Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc. Uh, we just wanted to provide a quick uh, apology to everyone out there who is listening to this, who has been waiting eagerly for our newest uh, episode. Unfortunately, a lot of personal circumstances got in the way of putting out this episode earlier. Because of this, we've had to delay a few times based on this. Unfortunately, uh, you know, life gets in the way. However, this has all been reviewed and we have managed to make a the best of a bad situation and we should all be back on track to release fortnightly, starting from a fortnight from this episode's release. So we are aiming to sit down sometime next week to record 
chapter 4 review and we should be arranging to release that within a fortnight's time as well. If there's any changes to the schedule you can always follow us on Twitter at the official Danganronpa Afterclass Podcast Twitter account. You can find us at DRAfterclassPod. There you can find all of the updates for all of our episode releases and if you want to give us any sort of feedback or just say g'day please tweet us at that account as well we will all see it. For myself, Patrick and Jared, we want to thank you for your support and thank you for continuing to listen to us. We are having a great time reviewing all of these these podcast episodes with you and we hope that you're enjoying listening to them as well. So, hope you're having a great day. Bye for now.